Warning, the Dub Talk podcast contains language and humor that may not be suitable for younger audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Also, there is always the possibility of spoilers for anime series happening, so be careful while listening in case there's a series you probably haven't finished yet. And finally, we here at Dub Talk love little kids, but we would also rather not our homes turn into secret bases while we're gone. So, while we're at Chuck E. Cheese, please don't let any children turn our homes into secret bases. We like having a place to sleep at night. And with that, enjoy the episode. Hello one and all, and welcome to Dub Talk, the podcast where a group of anime artists get together and discuss their thoughts on a recent English dub announcement or review of the dub of a series recently released on DVD and Blu-ray. I'm Stephanie, and I'm joined, as always, by Megan. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't think I was going first. Shit. Art. If you've seen the Iron Giant. Art! <laughs> <laughs> There's two kinds of piles. Art. Junk! Scrap. You gotta eat one of them. Eat the scrap. Oh, god Me- damn it. Megan, <laughs> okay. what you currently have in your mouth is art <laughs> so noah's here yeah also joining us tonight um from first frames of course we have no clue aloha gang i've taken a break from my calligraphy which i don't even know what that is but i think it's taking the watercolors from your elementary school and slash bring them all over a piece of paper to make makeshift letters in chinese you and nothing of value place. is gained by Noah Clue showing up to this podcast If today. you don't know what calligraphy is, Noah, then why'd you watch the show? Because this is the closest we were going to get to an Usagi Drop episode, so I jumped at the opportunity. Okay. Also, B, uh, if he did this, he doesn't have to suffer through another bad show. Yes, not yet. Anyway, and to round out our little group today is one of the members of Three Victims Will Watch. We have Andrew, a.k.a. Classy Spartan. Hello, everybody. I would like to introduce you all to the art review tonight on our glorious episode <laughs> with my fellow art commentators and critics. I believe we all share a very tasteful, splendid taste in the more artistry in terms of watercolors, Background so when settings. do we get to the Monster Girl hentai? And, oh, oh god damn it, no! Oh yes, I would like to say it is not called teacher. Monster Girl hentai, it is called classical Jap- Japanese ukiyo paintings, which may or may not involve tentacles and sailor wives. We are off to a great start. Wow. We so were you pulling that out of your ass, or did you actually look that up? I know that ukiyo is a thing. I don't remember what it specifically is. I believe is that the one of like the squid going to town. I'm not. I here's that's let's a wood, not that's called talk the wood, about it right that's now. That's called the fisherman's <laughs> wife. That is. I, I am also well versed in. I, I just like to say that when uh, when Italy comes over to my house to look at my high class art, he looks at the porn all the time. Oh God damn it! <laughs> anyway, of Italia. Anyway, <sighs> I, I want something weird. What's weird, what? boss? I just realized this, Andrew. I think this is the first time that you and I have done an episode together. Has it yeah, actually b- 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 been? Yeah. yeah. Wow, you might actually be right. Yeah, Even if it, I'm r- like... Roots, 
Get out the, the charts. Roots will tell us if we're right or not. Oh, yeah. my God. Charmaster Roots go through every episode and let's see if we end up together. We've, I we've been doing so much. I've been, like, like a in banner. a bunch of these lately. And I know. It's funny to me <laughs> realizing that this is the first time I've actually done one with you. That's really funny. That's funny. Uh, I realize I just like I'm want like, someone shit. to draw us a banner. And, like, in the banner... Like, I'm popping out of a trash can. Noah's in, like, the prison school garb. Uh, Hardy's riding a goat. Gigi's in, a like, a big fancy pimp chair with wine and men all around her. And uh, Andrew, when I, I, like, Andrew's freaking out about my, he's, like, in the My Hero Academia gym suit. And then there's just Roots with, like, a chart screaming at it. Uh, Zenith is dressed as a magical girl. Yes. Um, Jamal and, and, and Jet are having a waifu war. Oh, Lapis versus Jupiter as, like, little dolls fighting each other. Oh, my and then God. there's just Steph in the middle with her laptop crying. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Because of all know. of the pain I have to go through with editing. Yeah. Wait, wait, what about Sneebs? We forgot about Sneebs. Oh, Sneebs oh, he... is just in the background being, like, the Batman. <laughs> Doing, like, the Batman cow. You know what? No, no, but he's, he's got, like, a troll mask on. You know, yeah, but I believe doing, I, know, like the... I know what the perfect form of expression for that exact image would be for tonight. If you calligraphy. say calligraphy, I'm gonna punch you in the calligraphy. Dick. Segway, <laughs> segway, master of segways is here today. Today, the four of us are gonna be covering the recent casting announcement for an anime that I have been waiting to be released for a long ass time. This is my it's personal seventy-five years. It's like uh, today, uh, I've been wanting to see this come out forever, and we finally. So is this like the Half-Life Three of anime? <laughs> Today, we're going to be talking about Barakamon. Uh, the, what is it? It's 2014? Summer, Summer 2014. Yep. I remember. Yeah, it came out the same season as Terran Residence, the first season of Tokyo Ghoul. Uh, this, I think this is also when Parasite started as well. Uh, no, uh, no Parasite was, was fall. fall. Summer was a comic got killed. That's what it was. Okay. Hey, three out of three. <laughs> two out of three. Three out of four ain't bad. Close. All right. <laughs> But if you're unfamiliar with Barakamon, here's a quick little summary, and because I'm a lazy human being, I kind of pulled this from Funimation's blog, so... Gasp! <laughs> Funimation, Whoops. when you're too lazy to be lazy. Oh, <laughs> Funimation, we're always watching. Anyways, um, after an unfavorable critique drives uptight young calligrapher Honda past his breaking point, his parents decide to ship him off to Japan's Goto Islands to cool off. But instead of a peaceful paradise, Honda discovers a village filled with quirky characters with little regard for personal space. On top of that, Honda's temporary apartment has already been claimed as home base by the village elder's granddaughter, Naru, who has a knack for getting into trouble. Will Honda be able to redeem his impulsive misdeed? Will he ever be able to write like the masters? Will the village kids ever learn to knock first? <laughs> the answer is no. End of episode. Yeah, basically. Um, as always, we're going to be covering the press release from Funimation, along with a couple of extra things here and there that we've learned, um, along with talking about our personal predictions, as well as our opinions on the casting and impressions on the first two episodes of the English dub, because at the time of recording this episode, those are the, there's only two episodes available for streaming as of now. The, yes, DVD, are, the home video we, release we, has not come out yet. Yes, we are, we are not inadequate reviewers. We simply don't have a time machine yet. It's in yeah, the budget, yet. though. Ah, we're working on it. 
Um, anyway, are we ready to get started? Uh, I no. guess. I'm now, ready guess as the, ever, boss. The big question, of course, is do you all have your pens, your ink, and that weird thing he ties over his head to keep the ink out of his hair? No. No, I mean a pair of jeans and a join the Norian army shirt. What else do you want? Uh, let's see. Um, there's a pen over by my amiibo collection, but it's too far <laughs> away to come. Well, there's. I have a body. If you're pillow. looking for ink, I have <laughs> I have Squid Girl amiibos. So. Oh god damn it! Anyway, that's anyway, ADR director, assistant ADR director, and scriptwriter. Let's just go. <laughs> I had no predictions for this one. I just wanted, and I quote, someone to not fuck it up. I had predictions for director and writer. I got As them wrong. I, I got ah. them wrong. I remember I we all had. How. I think I. I think I had a prediction for for director, and then I had. We had the kind of one running one from last year, um, but of course we're all fucking wrong. Hey hey no no I, I got one of them right only by default. Yeah by yeah by default. That's not getting it right at this point. Uh, that's just that's just like. That I person have... putting in their taxes. I understand that. Okay, so we should probably clear it for the people listening. Okay, so Funimation has a couple of different people who are, like, routine, often ADR directing for a lot of different shows. So you can expect that they'll show up multiple times throughout the year. One of them, however, is so ubiquitous and shows up in just about everything that if he's not on there, you can put down a spot in your bingo card. Yeah, basically. But anyways, we'll get to him in a second. Um... As for predictions that were incorrect, I had three director predictions, two writer predictions. My writer predictions, oddly enough, one was Monica Rial, the other was J. Michael Tatum. Keep in no, mind, I, I kind of made this list, this prediction list initially a while ago. <laughs> right. We sh I was trying to, on my own predictions, think of people who aren't currently busy with other script writing, and we got J. Michael Tatum doing My Hero Academia. I don't know if Monica Rial's doing anything. I don't J. Michael Tatum's he's not, doing, he's my not hero. doing My Hero. Or, no, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Assassination Classroom. I'm sorry. I got my yep. shows mixed well, around. He's, he, well, here's the thing. Barakamon was recorded a long-ass time ago, and we didn't even know it. And we'll, we'll get to how we know that right. in a minute in here. Um, yeah. But I kind of felt, considering the show was rather comedic and had slice of life elements, at least at the time when I was originally making this list, I thought that Monica and, and, or Tatum's writing stuff could fit here. Director predictions, though, because here's the thing. I did not think that the default would happen. Because, <laughs> because I didn't. If you think... watched our show enough, you already know who the default is. Yeah. You, um, you, you, th Beth. you thought it wouldn't be. You thought it would be someone hi, else. Beth. But it was I default. <laughs> yes. Also, speaking I, of I... that, hi Beth. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Fuck it. I didn't put Mike McFarland here for a specific reason. Okay. Fuck it. We're just gonna say the director is Mike McFarland. But not... I got one right. Yay. Yeah. But, that um, yeah, really Noah, that's like, Noah, that's like, well, hold on, hold on, I didn't even, we didn't even finish prediction-wise, I'm, I just said yeah, fuck yeah. it at this point, because if no one understands that the default director is Mike McFarlane, then we need to make sure that's clear. Um, I didn't think Mike McFarlane was going to be the director for the show, because I didn't think Barakamon was going to be considered one of the top-tier shows. Then Noreen came out, and we learned Mike McFarlane as a boner for farming. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> the, th the three directors I picked... I thought they could probably have a hand in this, 
Um, Joel McDonald was my first choice because um, Assassination Classroom is a thing that exists. Mm. The first season, anyway. I made this list around the during the first season of Assassination Classroom. Then I also had Colleen Klingenbeard as one and Caitlin Glass as another. Um, did anybody else have predictions for director or I did. writer before we go back to default world? I had director. Okay, what do you got? Because um, director, I remember last year we all were, like, when we were doing a lot of the broadcast dub stuff, we're like, gee, I wonder what, I think it was like after Death Parade, what is Charles Bolton doing? Oh, Zach Bolton? What is Zach Bolton doing? Yeah. We all thought it was Zach Bolton. And then, I remember this being a thing in, in, in the Dub Talk headquarters, which, by the way, right now is currently on fire. Um, <laughs> thanks, Funimation. Thanks, Funimation. Yeah, Funimation. Okay. You should be watching my ass, you bastards. Um, They're twirling a mustache up in their headquarters in Texas. Ju- Justin <laughs> Cook is twirling around, is like stroking his beard and twirling his ponytail. Ooh, poo, oh, poo. General Ooh, poo, poo. That's a bow despair, Cook. motherfucker. Anyway, Actually, that's Greg Ayers, not Justin Cook. He was Leon Kuwata, who got balls to the face, um, and balls to his balls. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> wow. Your uh, so the picks. other one, the other thing was that like somebody had talked about, oh, I'm so happy we did this project in November and it's finally coming out soon. I was so proud to be a part of it. So I th- we all thought Clifford was, was the actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah. writer. So we all assumed that it was Cliff. And Cliff's a good director, and he deserves to actually get to direct a good fucking anime. And not fucking Divine Gate. Divine Gate. Oh, god damn I'm it. I'm calling it right now. I know that recording isn't going to see the light of day for months, but I swear to god, if Clifford gets put on Star Vamp, I'm going to buy the man a beer. Because <laughs> he deserves it. That man deserves so much better than what he gets. Oh my god. I still I still want to finish watching Dime Dollar, though. Yeah. I still want to do that. Because Dime yep, Dollar is just... Need- the, just based on that first episode that Hardy showed us, like, New Year's uh, Eve. That, that was, was a great glorious. way to kick off 2016. That was glorious. Yeah. I need to finish that. <laughs> oh, come on. That wasn't we'll, as good we'll as Dragon Dick? Another project. Okay. So, yeah. so okay, Penguin and- Dick greater than Dragon Dick? <laughs> yeah. God damn yes. it. Anyway, there were no and- more predictions, correct? No, I had one for Ryder, too. Because okay, I, I didn't have? go for... I didn't go for any of the ones that Megan went for. I actually went with, and this is based on episode two of Barakamon, because uh, throughout the show, you'd think with the tone and the, the art style, it's going to be like kind of a wholesome return to the countryside kind of uh, after school special kind of show. And then you get to episode two, and you find out that Naru, the little girl on the poster, has a bit of a filthy mouth that she's been learning from the other girls in the town. So I thought, oh, oh you I put, wonder Did if... you put Jamie? I No, no, I put better than that. I put Jade okay. Saxton. As a let's ooh. jerk off into a jerk off into a bottle of formaldehyde and call it our firstborn. Oh, exactly. Lord. Yes. So uh. my, my predictions were default and Jade Saxton to do okay. this one. So back to the land of default, known as Mike McFarland. Yeah. Okay, Mike McFarland. <laughs> um, Mike McFarland is a director of anime dubs. Okay. He has directed such great works. Hold on, as hold, on metal hold on, hold on, Pause for like a second. <laughs> Because we, because we need to talk about, we need to bring in the assistants, the scriptwriter here. This too. is important. Okay. Um. So yeah, the land of default happened. Mike McFarland is the ADR director for Barakamon. The assistant ADR director, lo and behold, is Felicia Angel. Which water is wet, the sky is blue. Yep. And then the scriptwriter for the show. I'm a little surprised by this, but. Can, all things considered, it makes a lot of sense. We have Clint Bickham coming in as the scriptwriter for Barakamon. 
Woo! So. It's like quite a bit. Yeah. So, directing-wise, for Mike McFarland, if you do, have never seen a show that Mike McFarland has directed, you have a problem. <laughs> we, we need <laughs> well, to record, like, like we just need to have, like, you listing off everything he's directed, clip that, and insert that into every single episode. We need to have an entire episode just called episode. the Mike McFarland episode. Yeah, I know, right? Um, and just point people to that. But... You may have seen shows that he's directed, such as Attack on Titan and Attack on Titan Junior High, Blood Blood Battlefront, uh, Case Closed, let's see, a good amount of, uh, oh, some Dragon Ball Z, uh, the Evangelion films, Full Metal Alchemist and Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, Grimgar, A Fantasy and Ash, uh, <laughs> the film Howl, the film Howl, Hyperdimension Tunia, uh, Shishi, that's an odd one that probably no one expected. Noreen, as was brought up before, the first season of Noragami. He's the initial director for the Funimation dub of One Piece, of course, as well as some of the films. Uh, and he has a variety of other directing things. What's another he directed one? another movie, but I think we're not saying it because we might be doing an episode on it. Okay. Okay. Uh, he directed Summer Wars, Wolf Children, Tokyo Ghoul. Yada yada yada. Felicia Anjo. <laughs> Good night. Uh, she has been the assistant ADR director for Attack on Titan Junior High for Blood Bowl Cave Battlefront. She was an ADR director. That's what list is listed here anyway. For Grimguard of Fantasy and Ash. She's an assistant ADR director for One Piece. She's also the ADR director for Skyward Academy. And it was actually recently announced that she's going to be the ADR director for an upcoming broadcast dub. Which I believe is actually going to be covered at some point in time. Um... Can I say something briefly? Yes. So, interesting thing to mention is that you mentioned several shows where both of those two were directing them, like, together, side by side, as I know director where this is and going assistant and I was, directed. I know where this okay. is going, because I was just I find about it interesting, out. because this fact that you mentioned that they worked on Attack on Titan Junior High, Blood Blockade Battlefront, and Grimgar Fantasy and Ash, just to name a few. And Guess which one they did together first. This was the first time that these two actually worked together. Yep. And it's honestly a pretty solid duo in general because they've done some legitimately really good directing stuff together. And some of the stuff that they've directed together is pretty high quality. I may not always love it yeah. like Attack on Titan Junior High, but stuff like Blood Blockade and Grimgar. Well, Attack on has... Titan Junior High is a weird thing anyway, so it doesn't matter. That's like, yeah. <laughs> I think that they're a very good combination. Y'all speak mm -hmm. about how we like Felicia Angeal and Mike McFarlane's the default guy, but he's default because he's really good at what he does. Yep. And I would like to coin a thing that our good friend Hardy has called the team up of Mike McFarland and Felicia Angeal as a director ADR director ca combination, and that is Team MFR. Really? <laughs> Fel Mike, really? Felicia, Team MFR. Really hardy. Before, I was. Uh, I thought you were gonna imply that Felicia and Mike were married to each other, but what? Uh, Felicia's no. tall, husband's like super tall. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> no, but um, yeah. So it's safe to say that they probably worked on Barakamon 
either before or around the same time as Blood Blockade Battlefront. They're called because because okay. that was originally the first time we saw those two working together. But in actuality, Barakamon was the first show that they worked on together. Basically, they're called Team Effer because as soon as you hear how good this shit sounds, you're like, motherfucker. That's actually fair. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Clint Bickham as the scriptwriter. He's actually Yay. done a lot of script work. He's done a lot I of script I love Clint Bickham. Um, I fucking love Clint Bickham. He's done the scripts for Air Gear, C, Control the Money and Soul Possibility, uh, Clan Ad, yeah. Planet After Story, uh, some scripts for Fairy Tale. He did the script for From the New World. Uh, he did the scripts for Ghost in the Shell Arise, at least the first episodes one and then three and four, as well as the script for the new movie. He did the script for Hyperdimension Neptunia as well, so there's a possibility that Neptunia and Barakamon were being recorded at the same time. Um, let's see. He also did scripts for Level E, Leviathan The Last Defense, Maria Hollick, No Game, No Life, Nobunaga the Fool. He did 44 episodes for One Piece, script-wise. Uh, he also did the script for Selector Infected and Selector Spread, Wixis. Uh, he also did the script for Suritama, the infamously, infamously, the script alongside with Clifford Chapin for Ultimate Otaku Teacher. Uh, he also did the script for Want to Be the Strongest in the World, and then probably my other, my probably my favorite script that he's done so far, Welcome to the NHK. I will say this though. Yeah. It I, it was about Quimbiga One. I'm surprised you mentioned Ultimate Otaku Teacher, and Noah didn't have an aneurysm. <laughs> I was I'm holding in. I really am holding in here. I was just like. Okay, no one likes that show except the people in this chat. I'm gonna let them have their fun. Then I'll tear it apart. Which show? Then I'll have an aneurysm. I was gonna say you're bringing up Clint Bickham, and I was just like, I was like, man, I really, 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 really hope he wrote Beyond the Boundary, and then I realized he didn't write Beyond the Boundary. Although he does jump between Funimation and Sentai, so there it could have happened. A lot of a lot of times you'll see Clint working with Sentai right now. Um, but he does cross over into Funimation. Oh, oh now I remembered what I was thinking of. Because you mentioned Selector Infected Wixis. Yeah. Um, I will say I have never watched the Wixis series, but it did cause one of my favorite all-time moments on Twitter. And when we talk about a certain character, I'll bring it up because it's about her. Oh, oh god damn, okay, I know where this yeah. is going again. You know exactly where the story is going. Yeah, okay. It never gets old for some reason. Anyways... Anyway, that, that, that Twitter anyway. post never gets old. Anyway, how do we feel about the directing and the writing for the first two episodes of Barakamon as of right now? Motherfucker. Motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sums it up. Uh oh. Uh oh. oh no. We have a dissenter. Oh, no. Usurper! I'll be the. I, I know you guys are on board with this all the way, so I will be that guy. Cool. In the background, who has uh, quibbles? Quibbles, I have. I say. I'm sure okay, there's probably guy. some Surfer. to have. Just, let's hear. It. Okay, okay, so, okay, that guy, what do you have? I, I know, right? Okay, so I, I think my a little bit of a problem is that this is a very Japanese show, and I don't just mean the original language. I mean, it's based in an art form that is pretty native to Japan. We don't have an equivalent to it over here, except maybe graphic design, because making money as a calligrapher, you first watch it and you think, so what, he's making money drawing letters. Okay, I will move to Sesame Street, and I will make a fortune drawing the letter C. But that's not quite what it is. The show actually goes out its way to explain why calligraphy is a really big art form. But 
it loses a little bit of that when you translate it from Japanese into English. It's, it's kind of a hard thing that shows like Lucky Star or Oran or Har he had when there's very Japanese things about it that just don't translate the vibe of it very well to English. Honestly, I, I can see that, but the, the thing I have, uh, the thing I have about this with the show is while calligraphy is an important part of the show itself, it's not the central theme. It's not, but it is essential to understand what it is if you're going to believe the lead guy's plight at all. Like, it, it would make more, like, to us, I'm not saying that they should have changed this in the adaptation at all. I'm just saying in order to make it from Japanese to English, it has to... Retain a little bit of it, uh, retain a bit of the, the humor style or retain a bit of the emotions that came with it just so that even if you don't know anything about calligraphy, which I don't, you can still get the vibe for the emotions just from the way the, the script is done. And this one is very, I, I guess it's a, it's a little too literal to the Japanese. Like I, I would watch some of the script. Uh, some of the subtitles compared to the uh, words in the English language, and it's like they're kind of a little too word for word on that. It needed to be a little looser in adaptation. Here, here's a couple points there. First, even if calligraphy is at the central is one of the central pieces that helps motivates and push the story along, you could take calligraphy out and put some other kind of artistic um, career or something in there. I can and kind of agree with of, that. And a lot of the and a lot of the things that someone who is any kind of artist, they could go through a rough spot similar to what Honda goes through. Like you don't have That's to true. necessarily necessarily just stick with calligraphy. Like whether you're an actor or a painter or a musician or heck not even an artist at all, maybe there's a specific profession that you kind of just get stuck in this rut. I write shitty fan fiction of boys kissing on the internet. <laughs> that is an art form in itself. I'm a like, that takes severe chops. I'm a the, digital the film major every... and stuff. I understand yeah. the whole thing about not feeling your shit's good enough, not feeling like you're doing it anything good, not feeling like you have and, anything to offer. And like, and I yeah, didn't know shit about calligraphy. Just the fact that this is a show, it is about calligraphy, but the central thing I feel it really is, is the artistic struggle. Exactly. Like, yes, again, you don't have to just use calligraphy. You could apply it in a lot of ways. And then in terms of the script itself, because it is rather heavy in terms of calligraphy, it I kind of think a rather a much more straightforward script helps. A lot more than the risk of if you're going too loose with it, you're going to really lose people in terms of the calligraphy. Mm -hmm. Well, there, there are some things that they do adapt to it that are good. Like for in episode two, they—I don't remember what the exact word is—but they use a term to describe Honda, and there's no equivalent to it really in America or in English. So they change it to boy band, something like a boy band member. Or boy, something. Band boy, boy band boy. Naru calls—it's in the first episode. Naru calls Honda a boy band boy. Because of how it. he's dressed, I got. A I think they called him like that. a Jugen boy or something. Right, I knew it started with a J. I'm sorry, I couldn't remember what the word was, but yeah, so stuff like that needs to be changed, obviously. Yeah. It, 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 it's uh, it's it's like I think I may have been a little biased towards this to begin with because I just because you have a bone to pick with uh, Quint Bickham over Ultimate Otaku Teacher. No, 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 no. He he wrote some of the better parts of Clan Ad and. He finally brought the Elfin Lead OVA over to America. So you know what? I have zero qualms with 
with Clint just by himself. Well, Noah, have you seen the NHK dub? Of course. Well, Clint wrote that one. Just saying. That, that he did. I, I, so. There are some parts. I guess, um, like, let me take one final example. We've all seen Erased, right? Yes. No. I've seen it. Oh. Okay, so Megan most of you guys not. have seen Erased. And I, I assume everyone listening has seen Erased. You've seen it, you've seen it, and you. Yes, you. You there with the headphones. You have Let's seen Erased. Let's not spoil Erased and cause an uprising on the internet no, where no. someone wants well, to put your head on a pike and a stick up your ass. There is this thing called a disclaimer that goes at the beginning of each episode, but if Megan doesn't want to be spoiled for a race, I'm not gonna, fucking plan I'm not, on watching a race. Not gonna spoil. Okay, the point is that the main character, and this is in episode one, he's going through a bit of a rough patch too, and he wants to be a manga artist. That's fine. The thing is that that's a very common problem in a lot of different shows. Like you can find maybe one in every five shows has a character who struggling as a manga artist. But calligraphy. The, when are we gonna get the show about the young girl struggling to be a stripper? Oh my they god. Did, it was called Showgirls. Uh, hey, Showgirls! Hey, 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 hey. Noah, Noah, your point. My your point, point is, is alright, my point is that if the show is about something as specific as calligraphy, it has it, it must be in a way in the script, retain what the original Japanese did in making it accessible for even the non-calligraphy uh, fights in the audience to get. And I don't quite get that from just the way that the script is written in English. Like I from think, these first two episodes. I think, again, it's more of, like, if you're more into an artistic kind of field that you'll definitely mm -hmm. get it. Um, right. Because, I mean, theater major, Andrew's a digital film major, so we, we definitely got that. Right, I, so, and I get, I guess. I, it's the problem is that there are plenty of shows that do have people struggling with their artistic problems. This one's very right. unique in what its problem is. Yes, but even, even, like, with a race, like, the show isn't about his problem to be you're a right. manga artist. You're, you're right, and that's good, because that means that it doesn't spend all of its time focusing on that. You don't have to know anything about manga to get that part of the show. But this show is rooted entirely in calligraphy. The... the, the Show's banner is written calligraphy style. Every episode starts with a title description in calligraphy. I just kind of consider calligraphy just to be a, just a small piece of a the plot bigger, device. Yeah, a plot device. Okay. In the in the in the more grand scheme of things. Okay. That's how so. I see the show. Um, but everyone's gonna view it differently. Um, but otherwise, for the most part, do we think the directing and the writing is rather solid? I mean, it's solid, and especially being the one. Full disclosure. I've never actually finished Barakamon. I hadn't even watched an episode until the dub came out. For shame. I... Yeah, fuck off. <laughs> so it's like two years old like now. Uh, it is ancient by now. It's practically a classic. Look here, I was too busy watching a guy get fucked over on a date and turn into his crying, <laughs> screaming cannibal monster with tentacles. Again, so, this came out the same season as the first season of Tokyo Ghoul. Boy, I thought <laughs> you were talking about saying. some. I thought you were talking about some like Fujo hentai shit right there. Oh God yeah. damn it! <laughs> I thought you were talking about Assassination Classroom first. And I was like, wait. Any Assassination Classroom was afterwards. Anyway. I know. I know. That's first what I was of like... all, one. If I was talking about some Fujo shit, Andrew, there would be no tentacles. It would be dick on dick. Um. <laughs> oh. Anyway. So <laughs> think of the children. <laughs> Didn't we have characters in this show? Oh, no, yeah. I'm not done with my point yet, you ass! Okay, okay alright. <laughs> let, let, let me have my moment, woman! Okay. And, I mean, man. <laughs> alright. Fuck! I'm just lemonade in my nose now. <laughs> alright. Megan, Megan has hurt herself in confusion. 
Also, I caught a Goldeen while you guys were having a moment before. Oh, god um, damn it. <laughs> anyway, I had never seen Barakamon, so I, I honestly... And the one reason I kind of did was... I meant to catch up on it, and then one of my friends was like, Well, if you've seen the movie Doc Holiday, you've seen this. Spoiler alert, I've never seen Doc Holiday. I've seen Cars, which has Paul Newman <laughs> in it, which might as well be Doc Holiday. Um, Except not nearly as good. Not nearly as good, and for some reason there's sentient cars, and there's probably porn of it. Um, oh my god. <laughs> anyway, back to my point. Uh, so I enjoyed it. Um, I thought that the kids were funny, and I thought everything was kind of, like, really well. And the acting was really good. So I, I really that. can't complain there. I don't know if I see the struggle yet about the artist, because I'm not done with the show. Um... So, eventually, when it comes out on DVD and I'm buying it, because the dub was good enough to buy, I'll learn. But, honestly, I think the directing and writing is good if you're somebody who just traipses across it and you like dubs. Okay. That, that's a good point to make. If you traipse across it and you can just kind of accept every artist goes through a, a rut like this, then you will probably get just enough out of it. Right. I okay. Okay, you're right. It is kind of like Doc Holliday, now that I think about it. <laughs> that is like e okay. Even the going to the boonies part of it. Okay, fun fact. So this, I think, um, one week friends came out the same year as this show. Uh, I think it did. Yeah, I think around uh, the spring I though. So Austin in America brain, so. had this huge debate that I thought Barakamon was a good show without watching it because everybody else I knew liked it, and my boss was like, "No, it's just Doc Holiday. I can't give it an award if it's just a rehash of Doc Holiday." But she really liked one week friends. So she messaged me about a week later and goes, I just realized I can't give One Week Friends an award if I'm not giving Barakamon an award because One Week Friends is 51st dates. Uh, yeah, it kind of is. I th have we established that originality is dead? What? what do you call Blood Blockade Battlefront? That was original. That was that was Trigun mixed with Spider-Man. Spider-Man? No. It takes place Trigun? in New York. It's got superheroes. It's anyway. Got Anyway, how do I shot? How do I look, God Eyes? Anyway, I think we have some characters to talk about. Yes, yes, showgirls, okay. the anime. So the majority of the cast that we have here, they're going to be paired off with each other. I think there's probably three characters that'll be left on their own. Um, we're going to start with uh, Kawafuji and Ko Kosuke. Kiyosuke. Blech. Names. I freaking hate them. Um, Kawafuji. He BFF. is. He is essentially Honda's handler, for lack of a better term. He's Honda's impulse control. Basically. Kind of like how Steph is my impulse control. And, Ko yes. and Kyosuke, um, we, he, we don't encounter him in the first two episodes of the show, um, but he is basically a younger, a young calligraphy artist, much younger than Honda, and he's being, he's deemed as a prodigy, um, and he admires Honda a lot. He does come up a little bit. Um, but Kiyosuke also was not announced on the press release. The only way we do know who is cast as this individual is from the voice actor's own Twitter account. God bless so, Twitter. Twitter, spoiling everything for everyone. Gotta always. love Twitter. Twitter, how I figured out Don Bennett was in a show recently. Mm. Okay, so, predictions for Kawafuji and Kiyosuke Konzaki. I had... Three for Kawafuji and four for Kanzaki. I got Kanzaki right, though. I got it right. I don't know how. I'll be, I'll my be predictions big. are... My prediction... A question. Kosuke is a little kid, right? Yes. Well, high Any... He's probably any younger. In all of my, any and all of my predictions, one of Chuck Huber's children. 
Oh my god. Because Chuck Huber has eight kids. Oh my god. Does he actually? If he... Yeah. Yeah. Okay, if you ever want to hear the best thing ever about Chuck Huber and his family, go watch the Okami-san episode one commentary where he has to talk about lock padlocking his fridge. I will I go that do that now. Yeah, I've been meaning <laughs> to buy that show anyways, and now I have even more of a reason. My friend showed there's me a couple another, episodes I love, I love voice actors talking about their families. Like, there was one about Eric Vale's daughter that scared the living shitballs out of Justin Briner. Nice. He literally, Eric Vale birth controlled via not, via telling stories of his own kids <laughs> to Justin. <laughs> nice. God, God bless you, Because Eric they're Vail. like, there's two things that we know about kids. They're always covered in blood and boogers. <laughs> Eric That's Bale, actually preventing true, otaku from breeding and there since goes 2010. my appetite for my vegetables. <laughs> anyway. Anyways, so you Predi had predictions, predictions for, for these two characters. I, I had one prediction for Kawafuji, and I did not make any for Kosuke because I knew that we were just covering the first two episodes. So, for Kawafuji, I put everyone's favorite cross-dresser, Josh Greel, because I knew we, we needed one Josh Greel character in the show somewhere, and I slotted him into the this role here. I also had Josh Greel for Kawafuji. That would be high interesting. High five through the screen, yes. Because, well, yeah. Ever I... since Princess Jellyfish, I, I kind of envisioned him as, like, the the more popular best friend character in every show ever made. Okay. I, I will admit, I did have Josh Greely somewhere on my list. It wasn't Kawafuji, though. I put him as Kanzaki um, Kiyosuke. He's one of my four predictions for um, Kiyosuke. Uh, for, for Kyosuke, I had Micah, and Kawafuji, I had Ian Sinclair. I had Ian Sinclair as one of my Kawafuji picks, actually. Interesting. <laughs> They're all crossing with each other. That, that'll um, be interesting when we get further down this list. I may I may as well finish up mine. Um, my, yeah, three, my three picks for Kawafuji, Mike McFarland was my first choice. For some reason, the character slightly reminded me of Jean Kierstein, so I figured that'd be a good pick. Ian Sinclair, I figured that'd be a fun role. And then I put the ever-wonderful Marcus Stemmick as my third choice for Kawafuji. <laughs> Hi, Drunk Uncle Marcus. Um, for Kiyosuke Kanzaki, I had four choices, um, but I'll leave out the one I got correct. So the three that I had wrong, Joel McDonald was one, partially because A, I thought Joel could fit here, but B, also because it, it kind of goes along with my prediction if Joel would have directed the show. Um, Josh Greeley was my second choice, and I had my third choice, which was correct. And then my fourth choice was actually Justin Briner. I had Justin Briner here as um, Kyosuke Konzaki. Nice. Um, I think I added him in a little late in the game um, before the announcement came out, though. Um, Megan, did you have any predictions for these characters or not? No, because I had no idea who the fuck they were. Okay. All right. Thank, like I thank said, you for like I said, is this character a little kid? Yes. They're probably one of Chuck Huber's many children. <laughs> okay. Um, so I, uh, I guess my joke predictions are um, a a goat found on the side of the road <laughs> and all of the booze I could be drinking. Okay. Anyway. Why would you be? Why would you leave that goat on the side of the road? That is perfectly good protein. Kawabuji needs a lot of booze for Honda because his whole relationship with him is Kawab Honda. No. Honda. Yes. <laughs> Honda. No. Like I said, he, he have you ever seen the? Okay. To explain this comic, I always I always use the Kuroko's basketball version. Is dude, why did you tear all the sleeves off your shirt? My girlfriend's gone, and she's like seventy five percent of my impulse control. Oh my God. <laughs> anyway, so the that's me and Lilac right there. Yeah. 
so the two individuals voicing these characters, I'm gonna start with Kawafuji. Um, so <laughs> Kawafuji! Kawafuji! <laughs> everyone, of course, got this motherfucker wrong. Not a single one of you people would ever, ever guess this one. Nope. Ever. Um, Megan, did, 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 did you get high recently? Oh my god! It is Dick Commander! It is! I knew that name! I was like, is that Captain Weed? I was like, is that Captain Weed from okay. Sarah? Okay, okay. I'm so happy okay. I love Captain Weed! No, no. Okay, no, somebody's close. gonna have to no, explain no. this. Okay, no, okay. Megan, Megan, think Snow White with the red hair. He was also Captain Weed! Wait, he was both? You guys are both missing. No, the that's where Dink Commander came from! Oh my god, okay. Anyway, How a Fuji anyway, is anyway, Duncan Brennan. Duncan Brennan voices Kawafuji, and if you don't know what the hell we're talking about, the original joke was um, in Snow White with the Red Hair, where <laughs> basically, for some reason, the character he was voicing, the stupid joke was made in the song because I got high was sung out of nowhere. Okay, I'll explain what the fucking joke is. Okay. So you if you've never seen, way. okay, no, guys, Duncan guys, Brennan, guys, guys. if I can find, if I can find it on ANN, the um, you guys are missing the most important role that this guy has ever been in, like beyond mortal's capacity. We'll get to important roles in a second. We're, we're getting there, but Noah. No. Anyway, anyway, while Megan is trying to find shit, Kiyosuke, I found it. Kiyosuke Kanzaki went to my third choice, that being Austin Tyndall. And Austin was Austin the individual Tindall. who revealed his role on Twitter. Because, okay. goddammit, he's gotta be in here somewhere. Okay, so here's here's the story of Dank Commander. So, if you've never watched the Snow White with the Red Hair episode, for one, go watch it. Yeah. Second of all, if you've never seen Seraph at the End, go watch it, Noah. <laughs> um, there, is a, there is a character in Seraph whose demon weapon is literally a illusion-causing pipe. Yeah. So I I like to call him Dank Commander because I I like to assume that um, it's not actually a demon thing. It's just really good weed. Um. So. Oh, sorry. Um. So what happened was um, as we were we were doing the Snow White with the Red Hair episode, there's an entire arc about some fucking bird race or some shit. Yep. And he he pushes he pushes Brina Palencia off of a tower. So me and Hardy were like singing, I was gonna win the race until I got high. Oh, that's, <laughs> where, so that's where it came from. Like something like that. Like, I, I was so that's where you. Dank Commander came from. But that is not Dank Duskin Duncan Dank Commander Brennan's greatest role to society. Okay. Fine. Okay. So what is his greatest role to society? The greatest thing ever is something that has been a part of all of your childhoods without even knowing it. He is Chucky motherfucking cheese. Oh my fucking oh god. What? Yes. Are you every serious? Time, every time you have gone to a Chucky e. Cheese restaurant for any party, you were dragged to it, or you just really needed to get that uh, Voltron ring that was behind the counter because you were Five ring. Five lion, five four lions become one giant lion. You, if you, oh because apparently you are Deadpool, you have heard this man before. That that's terrifying. Anyway, that's amazing. Um, some other roles that you might have heard Duncan Brennan in. Uh, he is Thomas Wagner uh, from Attack on Titan. He is also in. Let's see. 
Bloodbook Kate Battlefront as a background role. He is also in Certain Magical Index 2, Dragon Ball Z, uh, Dragon Hot the Renaissance, Odeka 7 AO, uh, let's see, Full Metal Alchemist, and Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, Future Diary, Who Good Luck Girl, Jay Last Exile Fam, The Silver Wing, he's Mr. 3 from One Piece. Uh, he's also in Samurai 7. He's in Seraph of the End as Goshi. Dang, Commander! Uh, Spice and Wolf 2, Tenchi Muyo War on Geminar, and a few other background roles in Tokyo Ghoul, Tokyo Ravens, and Yu Yu Hakusho. Uh, Austin Tyndall, if you do not know who Austin Tyndall is at this point, what is wrong with you? Have you seriously never watched an episode of our show? <laughs> it is very possible that they might not it, know. It, it, so please explain to all these viewers about your favorite karma. Ah. <laughs> oh god, Austin Tyndall. Other roles you've probably heard him in at some point in time. Karma Akabane from Assassination Classroom. Speaking of karma, we have Marco from Attack on Titan and Attack on Titan Junior High. He was also Accelerator in the Certain Magical Index franchise. He is also in. Oh God, this episode! I doubt it's happening. He's the he's the main lead Tusk for Cross Anjay, Rondo of Angels and Dragons. <laughs> That's I'm thinking, because I, fuck you, uh, Sentai. You had to dub that no. over Haikyuu. Yeah, he, he's also in Diagon Rampa, the animation. Uh, he's also in Dragonar Academy, Faulkner, Heaven, and Earth. He is in Freezing Vibration. Ah. I'm staring at First Love Monster, but I'm not gonna say a damn thing. <laughs> yeah, that's he's one in, of the ones I got right. He's in he's in um, Guilty Crown. He is also in High School DXD. He is in Is This a Zombie? He is Okay, I have to, I have to say something Witch. about that. Hold on, Maria the Virgin Witch. He is in Prison School, Prince of Stride Alternative. Seraph of the End as Vampire Karma, a.k.a. Crowley. Mr. Crowley. He is in Snow White with the red hair as well. As Ninja Karma. Ninja Karma. He's also Ken Kaneki from Tokyo Ghoul. Sadness Karma. Yeah. And uh, or Coffee Karma. Of other roles. Uh, okay. Such as, what was he in Yona of the Dawn? He was um he was not in Yona of the Dawn. Yeah, he is. Don't you mean he Yona is? of the Dead? Yes. Shut up. <laughs> okay. It's, so, it's a background role, but yeah. So the important thing to no. do is that we must crown our new Karma of the night. Oh, yes. Art Karma. Art. Calligraphy Karma, is that his name now? Art Karma or Calligraphy Karma. I think yep. Art Karma sounds better to me. Yeah. I will say this, though. Prodigy Karma. Um, well, that's an oxymoron. No. Um, it's actually really funny that we compare everything to Karma. Because apparently he's like, I don't understand why everyone picks Karma, but not the guy from um, Is This a Zombie? I actually like, <laughs> it's that, like people that just... character. He's like, I don't know why everybody, everybody's karma with me. And I'm just like, I like, I was like, I think just because a lot of people just really fucking like karma. <laughs> and if you've seen like. the, okay, and if you've seen the last episode of the Assassination Classroom anime, holy shit, did somebody end up in the deep end of the gene pool. <laughs> oh, don't Lord. spoil it for us. They haven't dubbed that episode yet. No, they finished dubbing it. It's just not released yet. Anyway. By the time this Fine. video is out, it'll be out. But yeah, yeah by the okay. time this probably goes up, it will you be You know what I mean. Anyway, so... First, of course, we haven't heard Austin Tyndall yet as Kyosuke Kanzaki, but we have heard Duncan Brennan as Kawafuji. So how do we feel about Kawafuji? He's fine. He's, he's nice. okay. Yeah, he's a nice voice. It's not too unique or anything. It's just nice, it's which the, is what the character needs. No, Noah, Noah, what you mean to say is it's not too cheesy. 
I will reach to the screen and I will strangle you by your scarf and I will hang you like you're like a puppet or I will dance on your bones like your goddamn Bojangles! Jesus oh goddamn it. But yes, he is very I'm gonna swing from the chandelier. <laughs> oh god damn it. Nope. Anyways, point is he is he's a good friend, but not quite good at holding him back from punching an old man in the face. Yeah. Which to be fair, I don't think Armstrong himself could have held Honda back from hitting Probably that guy not. in the face. He's... Maybe not even All Might. Maybe not even All Might. <laughs> oh god, the fact, that, fact the fact that you not even the all... fact that you mentioned Armstrong makes that funny. <laughs> no, uh, I mean, guys, have you ever seen that picture on Twitter when you say, uh, good might instead of good night, and it's just a picture all right, of all yeah. might? <laughs> yeah. I, that's literally what I think of when I go to bed and Andrew texts me. <laughs> like, he's, like, messaging me about something. Good might! <laughs> God damn it. Christ. Anyway, I'm kind of glad that we're, we're seeing a lot more of, um, Duncan Brennan, because it kind of gets us a bit more familiar with him. Mm -hmm. guy, you know, if, as if you weren't familiar with him traumatizing you throughout your childhood I've never been as to a, a Chuck giant e. robotic before. mouth. I will, I will say, I've never been to a Chuck E. Cheese before. Oh, we are going to fucking fix that. <laughs> we, we will take you to the God nearest Chuck E. Cheese when we get to Detroit, and you will suffer through You know what I'm doing right now? What? <laughs> Googling the nearest Chuck E. Cheese to Yomacon. Oh my God. So... Keep, what I've, anyway, that be, keep going, that we'll figure be, it out. Brennan's the been a serious part of that Halloween. Anyway. Yeah. Brennan's been around for a while. It's good to see him getting more named roles. Yeah, absolutely. Five nights at Chucky. That's not even his scariest role. His scariest role is Barney. Wait, what? Yes! He had a- what? For a couple years, he was Barney the Dinosaur. Duncan, uh, Brennan, what the hell have you been doing with your life, sir? Barney right, the Dinosaur? Right. Broken you. I think it's time we move on. I think yes. we've all had enough of Five Nights at Duncan's, okay? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I hate you so much, Andrew. Love Thank you. That was awesome. Anyway, um, let's move on to two of the kids, two of the village kids. We have God. Hina Fucking and Kenta. Hina and Kenta. <laughs> The best way to describe them, because these two kids, they're about, um, Naru's age, and Naru is basically the lead female role of the show. Um, really the best way to describe them is by their personalities. So Kenta, yeah. he's basically the mischievous rascal, who in the first episode decides to, um, go all Kakashi from Naruto and go poke Honda in the butt. I swear, uh, he's a miniature version with slightly less hair of Naruto. Um, as for Hina, Hina is Naru, is Naru's close lady friend, of course, but, um, her trait, essentially, is that she cries a lot. So there's gonna be a lot of crying involved with this person. How far is yes. Um, uh, who had predictions for these two characters? I actually got Hina right, actually. No way! <laughs> you guys are gonna laugh really hard when I tell you something. <laughs> what? Should, should we you might it? need to bring, you might need to bring your visa to Yomacon. <laughs> Why? Oh, the Chuck because cheese there's in a Chuck E. Cheese 24 minutes away and it's in Canada. Okay. I don't have a passport, damn it. Guess what you need to get? I'm not getting a passport yep. just to go Chuck E. Cheese. Yes, you are, bitch. <laughs> We're taking you to Chuck E. Cheese. Anyway, I I predictions the for these. Government. We'll talk about this later. Predictions for Hina and Kenta. So I'm, I guess Again, one of Chuck Huber's many oh children. Well, okay. Are any of those children under the age of 13? Okay, so that segues into what I'd like to mention. So, interesting thing about Danganronpa, 
Oh my god, I said Duncan Robo. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> we, I see we have despair on the Fuck mind. <laughs> okay, no. Barakamon. What I'm in the, about the original Japanese dub of Barakamon is that they actually, interestingly enough, did not use the typical method of just hiring a seiyu to play a young child. They actually they went kids. the extra mile to get young children. And, and thank you, yes. I thought I that like was you. really interesting, and honestly, the ones that they used were really, really good. Like, actually pretty interesting to hear, and like, when you have a comedy, having children do comedic timing is hard. So, I meant for three of these characters, I put down random Texan child actor for these two characters. I want you to put that down on the episode. Random, random Texan, Texan child, child actor. You put I'll up put, I'll put okay. picture. I'll put a picture of like kids. You can, <laughs> no, no, you can put, no, no, no. What you need to do? Just what, put a picture of no. Put, just put a pic. Okay, question. Yes. If I send you a screenshot of it for Austin Tyndall, can you please put him dressed in the hillbilly outfit from <laughs> the assassination classroom commentary? If you send it to me, I may consider it. Okay. Please. Okay, so you didn't have any named. I didn't have any name said... predictions because it's it was one of those. I feel like it would have been a hard thing to do, but I would have been very impressed if somebody actually went the extra mile, even if it didn't turn out to sound good. And you know what? I would agree with that. The problem is, is that I have not seen, except when they did Full Metal Alchemist originally, I have not seen them cast actual children in roles. And this is things like Summer Wars or... The reason being because Al had literally zero lip flaps to work with. Well, um, okay, in that defense, <laughs> to take the other side of the defense, in Fruits Basket, the original dub of Fruits Basket, Aaron Dismuke and Kate Bristol are both in that dub, true. and that was that before FMA. That is true. And, and Eric and and Aaron had to match lip flaps in that show. So, th but recently, like in the last couple of years, I personally can't think of a time like even an assassination classroom or any either. other show that had small kids, they didn't cast actual children in the role. So I went the opposite way, and I thought, let's get women who can voice small children. That's what I did too. Business. Okay, so I got these both wrong. And okay, so for uh, for Kenta, I thought of uh, actually interesting. You brought up Full Metal Alchemist because I thought I would have put Aaron Dismuke if he was you know still uh, in the voice acting business as a little kid, but he's not. So of course we got to go with version 2.0 and put Maxi Whitehead in there instead. That's fair. Okay. That's fair. And for and for Hina, I it's a really annoying character, but it's funny in the original Japanese. If anyone saw the Fairy Tale Zero episode that we did. You remember that we all had a big problem with the character of Zira in that show? Oh. And so I thought, let's get the voice actress who played Zira, see if she's gotten any better. So let's put Jeannie Tirado as the role of Hina in this show. Okay, so the star of, oh, 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 the star oh, oh, of Grimgar fantasy got, ass. G yeah. I'm about to say, Jeannie Tirado got better in terms of voice acting, but that's for Grimgar. She was good Doesn't at Doesn't Jeannie Tirado play Apricot, a.k.a. Titsmaster? In, uh, no, she doesn't. In what who show? Who the fuck is in a uh, Mal Mallory Rodak? Oh, that's oh, who Mallory that is. Rodak. Yep. That oh no, Jeannie Tirado just just liked my tweet about drinking to um, needing to drink to um, 
Neto J. Nice. Speaking of anyway. drinking, who are the children? Hold on, yeah. I haven't done my predictions. Okay. It doesn't matter, we're moving on. I'm running the show here. Anyway, my no, predictions like for Python Hina skip. and Kenta. Kenta, I had Ryan Reynolds. Hina, I had two predictions for one was correct, the wrong one was Leah Clark. I'm sorry, did you say I Ryan Reynolds? Had Ryan Reynolds for Kenta. Not the actor. No, no. I always have to be reminded of that. Every not time. Deadpool. Not Deadpool, Andrew. <laughs> I would have loved to see that. Imagine an anime where Ryan Reynolds plays every character. There is a Deadpool <laughs> and an anime, so it could a Andrew, work. Andrew, have you seen Arslan? Uh, no, actually. Shoot. Uh, what else is Ryan Reynolds? Have done? you seen Hitalia? Uh, unfortunately, yes. Close enough. Good enough. She is, um... I believe she is Latvia. I think so. Okay, okay. In if, Italia. If you've seen Red Data Girl, she also voiced Wamia. Latvia, a country you think about so little, you didn't even realize Dude, that this is Latvia. This is Latvia. I know the bit you're talking about. <laughs> but you're not even realizing that, and that's not Latvia. That's actually Belarus, and this is Latvia. <laughs> anyway, so the people who are voicing these characters, Kenta, I should have moved her over here. Kenta is voiced by Leah Clark. Um, and Hina. Hina, the one I got correct. It's Laura Woodhall as Hina. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. Wait. Yeah, what? it is. Wait, what? It is. Laura, Hina Woodhull is Laura Woodhall is Hina. Wait, what? Yeah. yeah. Then who is Naru? No. No, 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 no. Oh, 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 Naru is a whole can of worms. We'll get to that. We'll get to Naru. We'll get to Naru. Anyway, in terms of voices, in terms of other roles you've heard these individuals do, Leah Clark, you've heard her in roles such as Assassination Classroom, Baka and Test, Bamboo Blade, let's see, Black Blood Brothers, Certain Magical Index, uh, Diamond Dollar, of course. Penguin Dicks! Uh, Death Parade, Dead Men Wonderland, as the, uh, what was the line again? Let's jerk off into a bottle of formaldehyde. Call it our firstborn. Yep, Hummingbird. Somewhat. You're gonna get that tattooed on your forehead one day, aren't you? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm only getting one tattoo, and if it's a and it's a Tokyo Ghoul one. Of course. Anyway, uh, she's also the lead for Eden of the East. She is Mavis Vermillion from Fairy Tale and Fairy Tale Zero. She is in gonna be the Twin Tails. She's in Last Exile Fam: The Silver Wing. She is in Negima, uh, Noragami Arigoto uh, as Mayu. Oh, Noragami and Noragami Arigoto. She is the original Kobe for One Piece. She is in Peach Girl. She is in Princess Jellyfish, Ride Back, Romeo X Juliet, uh, School Rumble, Shonen Maid. Uh, she's Blair from Soul Eater, of course. She's also in Spice and Wolf, uh, Tokyo Ravens, uh, Ultimate Otaku Teacher, again. Uh, she's also in Holic as well. And as for Laura Woodhall, uh, you would have probably heard her in roles in Absolute Duo, in Cat Planet Cuties, Certain Magical Index, in Divine Gate, in Dragon R Academy. Somebody had to do those pieces of shit. Yeah. Dot Hack Quantum, uh, Kamisama Kiss is Bontamaru, uh, Anne from Maria the Word Virgin Witch, she's in Makagata School Suite, she is in Pandora and the Crimson Shell Ghost Urn, she is Clara the Jellyfish. Clara! Jellyfish. I'm freaking dying here! She's <laughs> also... Candy in Psychopaths, which I think that is also a jellyfish. 
Uh, she is in Selector and... <laughs> Laura Woodhall, voice of Jellyfish. Yeah, she's in Selector and Infected and Spread Wixus. She's in Shakugan and Shauna 2. She's in Tokyo ESP. She's Hinami from Tokyo Ghoul. She is in Unbreakable Machine Doll. And she is the younger version of Yuki for Wolf Children. Uh, in terms of these two performances, I know you really only get to see Kenta in episode one, and what you see of Kina is a lot of crying, but how do we feel about these two? Laura Woodhall is good at crying. Okay, so here, here, here's my quick review. Butt stab! <laughs> they're good. Yeah, they're, okay, they're good, I guess. Like I said, I... I, I I would have appreciated it if they went the full mile and I didn't recognize their actors, yeah, but I understand yeah. the choice that they made and their good choices. You know, yeah, they are. And if you can have, especially with Leah, playing a male role and not really give in to the fact that you're actually a woman pretending to be a man, then that that's a good point. That, that, you did good. You done did good, Leah. Yeah. There's not a whole lot to go off of because Kenta really only appears in one scene in the first two episodes, and Hina, again, yeah. just cries a lot <laughs> when we see of her. They are, and they'll, they'll, have a, they'll have a bit more roles in later episodes, so if they stay at this level there, it, it's good archetypal little kid acting. They are They are good little... They are good... They are good... They are good the small. They are good they are little smalls. monsters. They are good smalls. They are smalls. good smalls. Yeah. Though, though for some reason... Biggie Smalls? Kenta reminds me of what my niece Cora is going to grow up into. Oh no. Your niece is named Cora. Your, because your my niece, niece. Your niece. Your niece is Cora. named Cora. My niece. Yes. My niece yes. is named Cora. Megan's Shit. sister is the coolest mom ever. She's gonna your that child is gonna grow up with like the sickest abs. <laughs> my niece is basically is basically like they pick the best name for her ever because she really is a fucking hurricane. Yes, Megan. For the record, okay, for the you record, don't understand. Megan's mom okay. is the second greatest parent ever, second only to Robin Williams, who actually named his daughter Zelda. Zelda. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Here's the she thing. Here's something that Legend happened at my house. Yep. As 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 Earth, Earth Hitler. Hitler yeah. Um. As Rock Hitler. But um. <laughs> here's a fun story about my niece. Um, when my nieces were over about a couple weeks ago, because my sister was down with her boyfriend and we went to Disney and shit, my door was slightly cracked. And my, um, a couple of my figurines are on my lower shelf because I'm still trying to organize everything the right way. Um, my niece somehow got a hold of my Makoto and Haru figurines. Okay. And almost ate them. Okay. She's two. I didn't think she was that thirsty. Oh my god. Andrew, she is two years old, you sack of shit! <laughs> oh my god. Moving on. Uh, moving on. We're gonna talk about Hiroshi. Hiroshi is another village kid. He's a high schooler. Uh, kind of a bit of a slacker. He's pretty. Now, now to be fair, to be fair, he's not a slacker, he's just... Average. He's just okay. Yeah, fifty percent. The world gives him like so much shit for being mediocre and stuff, but he doesn't have the heart to really give it his all. Yeah, that's. that's really I mean, we've we've all got like this is something I can get behind. A guy with no talent, no drive, and is just barely getting by. Yeah. So um, anyway, who's going to play this slacker? I got this one right, actually. I got this one right too. 
I had three I predictions, but I did get this one right on the first one, too. Um, so, Noah, who do you think Hiroshi would be? Okay, it was probably because I was already thinking that Aaron Dismuk can't be a little kid anymore, so I had him in my brain already as an actor. And since I finished uh, the dub for Blood Blockade Battlefront recently, I decided that he could probably be a pretty good, not really slacking, but just a meh lead character, or not lead character, like that one guy. We, we have those in all these shows, right? That one guy who's just there to fill the male quota for the cast. The Noah Clue of the, the Noah Clue of the uh, show. That so yes, Aaron, Aaron Dismuk for uh, this guy. For okay, that I one can kind of see that. I can kind of see that. Yeah. Um, I kind of went with the similar, in the similar vein as you, though in terms of the actual tone of voice, a little bit different than what you went with for Aaron. Um, <laughs> I had three. Again, I got the first one right. My other two were Micah Solosan and Rico Fajardo. I also had Micah as my other oh. second one. Okay. That is a Fuck it, I would have guessed Justin Briner. <laughs> you probably would have. Well, um, yep. I, I had made Wheel of Boyfriend! Turn to, I mean, boy, turn, turn, turn. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. Now, I know anyway. this, is, this is wrong. To quote 50% off, I'd do anything to you, Haru. I mean, for you. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. After editing that Your Lion April episode, I had to listen to you referencing 50% off like 20,000 times. Okay, okay. So. By the way, the new episode was fucking glorious. Anyway, can I say who it is? Because well, we know well, that I gloriously fuck up this name. Well, well, you. it is funny that one of your predictions earlier was for Justin Briner. Because we can easily say that... I actually know how to pronounce his name, I think. Uh, that Hiroshi is played by none other than Clifford Chapin. I was gonna say his name. Do I always How do you say? fuck his name up? <laughs> That's Aww. one of my other Andrew, favorite I would, moments of all time. I like to mispronounce it. God it's so damn funny it. hearing it mispronounce it. I saved you. I saved you. Aww. I wanted to try it, though, and see how, how bad I could do this. But Clifford Chapin. Chapin, 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 Chapin. Got it. I swear to God, <laughs> I've got it this time. Clifford There's a new Chapin. tongue twister. It's going to slip, though. It's going to slip, I swear to God. Uh, Clifford Chapin, if you have not heard this individual before, he's definitely a been a big up-and-comer in, re in recent years. You've probably heard him in roles such as Assassination Classroom in Attack on Titan and Attack on Titan Junior High as Connie Springer. He's also Springer. in uh, Certain Magical Index and Railgun, Defrag. He's in Dimension W. He is in Divine Gate, that mess that he ended up directing. Because someone had to yeah. do it. He is also in Fairy Tale Zero. He is fucking Mikhail from Gangsta. I will never understand you how will that never, happened. You will never cleanse your palate of that voice. Oh, I don't know. Um, he is... He did step in for Orion Pitts as Ronta for Grimgar Fantasy and Ash for the last third of the series. Um, he is also in Heroic Legend of Arzen. He's in Laughing Under the Clouds, Lord Marksman and Vanities, My Hero Academia as Deku, you piece of shit! <laughs> I love Wait, that. What? I love that role, by the way. Um, Wait, what? Deku, you piece of shit. He's oh, he oh, oh! I was just, I just like, why are you calling somebody a piece of shit? <laughs> what did I ever do to you? He's also besides love you and torment you with love lines. <laughs> oh, He's also in Noragami Arigoto. He's in Princess Stride Alternative. He is also in Prison School. He's in Psychopaths Two. Robotics Note. He is in Snow White with the red hair. He is Hide from Tokyo Ghoul and Tokyo Ghoul Boot. <laughs> he is the lead Harutora from Tokyo Ravens. He is an Unbreakable Machine Doll. He is in World Break Aria of 
cursed for Holy Swordsman, and he is also you from Yuna the Dawn. So, how do we feel about, um, uh, I was about to say Kawafuji, that's not his name, Hiroshi. <laughs> I'm gonna hear Clifford, Clifford, Clifford being Clifford. Now. I, 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 I liked yeah, him here. I, can... I loved I, him I, here. I, I really did. <laughs> I honestly think he, he may be the funniest part of the show, honestly. And he, he's not even technically supposed to be a comedic actor, but he's he goes the, he, over the top. He's supposed to be the straight man. Yeah. He's supposed to be, I, but because he, he's so over the top in his, Mother, why are you making noodles for the stranger, this random guy on the island? And Of course, I can't do Clifford's timing justice here, but he, he pours a lot of comedy into He's that got some really good comedic timing, and like... He really does. He's got energy, is what he's got. He sounds like, it's like Bakugo, and it's like great. yeah, it sounds yeah. a lot like Bakugo. But obviously, this was before he recorded Bakugo. Um, but it's a mix of like obviously a much more deep and mature sounding Clifford, because obviously this character is a high schooler. But he's also s similar to characters like um, probably similar to Sugino to a point from Assassination Classroom. This is because there are some of those Clifford. inflections in there that you can kind of get a hint of um, this his is, voice, like kind of going up there. On this camera. is the kid that's dyed his hair and is kind of like going through a crisis yeah. of what exactly he wants to do with himself. Yeah. yeah. If this was being recorded ten years ago and it was in uh, ADV, it would have gone to Greg Ayers. I was gonna. Eh. Uh, he... eh, maybe, maybe I would actually well, actually say Chris Patton, but oh, actually, um, oh no, Chris Patton would have gotten the lead. True. Uh, I will say this though. I think so far out of the any any moment in the dub, Clifford has my favorite line. Which one? I think I know which one. Grab the noodles, you gremlin. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> that was grab the noodles, you gremlin. That was my favorite one. Just because that's something I would say, and I'm like, I'm an, I'm I'm not a teenager, but that's something I probably would have yelled as a teenager. Which makes me think that Terry Doty helped wrote this. Cool. Um. Because Terry Doty refers to children as gremlins. Uh, also, <laughs> Terry Doty is 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 life goals. Well, it's pretty um. it's pretty faithful to the Japanese in that part, as far as uh, the wording goes. But just just I I just love it. Grab the noodles, you gremlin! Yeah, basically. And I like scene, lost my shit. Yeah, and we'll, I think we'll get into more of why he's the funniest character in the show when we get to the two main leads. But yeah, yeah I th I think personally Clifford's probably one of my favorite performances. The so ten, far. I actually ten thumbs up for Clifford. I actually think he also plays a really interesting character too, because he does. Because there's a scene where just like they're 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 shooting the shit while the guy's passed out, and basically <laughs> his Clifford's character uh, Hiroshi, his initial assumption of Honda is he is the guy prodigy. Born with talent, doesn't have to try hard, doesn't have to work hard. Well, he sees himself as the guy that has to work hard, and it doesn't get him anywhere. So that's why mm -hmm. he half-asses it, because he's like, it's not worth it anyways. And then right. he, he lays his, his soul out to a to, to an eight-year-old for some reason. Yes. I mean, honestly, because, kids can listen. Okay, no, like you haven't ever laid your soul out to your son before. I have, but he, he gives very valuable insight. Anyway, the point is, his opinion kind of changes oh. once Naru goes into uh, this his, this dark room. His dark room, <laughs> this dark room, which is full of hundreds upon hundreds of scrapped artwork from yep. Honda. Hello, and this is, my old friend. This is yes. a guy who 
basically every time he does his art, he he's so like afraid of himself that he like pushes himself to his absolute peak. That he kind of like yep. does this, drives himself mad, has to practice, has to improve over he'll, and over and over. He'll and make he'll make Honda will make himself sick over this work. Which the second episode does, does delve into. Which that Art. is something that everyone who has been in a creative field can probably relate to. Absolutely. As, as editors, yes. yes. And, as video editors, hell yeah. yeah. There's actually, it reminds me a lot of that scene from uh, Your Lie in April where they're playing the, the Sleeping Beauty waltz. And um, what's her name? Uh, the little sister character. She basically. Oh, um, Nagi. Yeah, Nagi. Nagi. Yeah. I basically makes it. I'm on like episode how, 13, by the way, so don't say anything too much. Don't spoil it for him. I, I won't spoil what happens, but she she basically says into her own brain, "I played until uh, I passed out. I threw up, but I kept on playing. I'm exhausted, but I want to keep. I just want to keep playing the yep. song. That that is and that is something that they kind of do get across very well as far as Honda's plight in wanting to. By the be way, that good. is by the way, uh, by the way, Andrew, that is my favorite. Um, that is my favorite um, song moment in your line, April. Sleeping so. Beauty Waltz. The, 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 the Sleeping Waltz. Beauty Waltz. Uh, do you know what episode? Sleeping Beauty Waltz. 18. It, Got 18. it. Okay, thank you. I, I have listened to that so many times at work. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I actually I actually have that on my phone. That and um, um, Love Sorrow of course. from the show. Okay, that, of course, that... I was familiar with that song before you people because I watched Puppet Tunes and they had a segment devoted to hey, Sleeping Noah. Beauty. Hey, Noah. Hey, Noah. Yes. I tell you to go fuck yourself, but your head's so far shoved far, so far up your ass. There's no, it quit being an art snob. Now let's judge these voice actors to see if they're good or not. Yeah, let's <laughs> shut up, you muppet wearing fuck yeah, trumpet. So, so, back so back to Clifford Chapin. So back to Clifford Chapin. I think we're kind of in agreement that we love this one. <laughs> yes. I think we're in agreement that we love his performance here. Also, yeah. I'm sorry for call it, calling Noah a, a muppet wearing fuck trumpet. Honestly, <laughs> I'm not. Uh, Anyways. Uh, I've got uh, I've got words for you, Megan, but we'll wait till November. Anyways, I love you, Noah. Good job, Cliffy C. Cliffy C. Cliffy C. <laughs> yo, yo, yo! It's me, Cliffy God C. God damn it! Moving on. No, moving the whitest on. guy in the flower round D. God damn it! Can we move on to me and Tama now? Yeah. Sure. Let's move on, on to, to the two. High school girls, high school girls, all for me. High school girls. High school girls. They're technically in middle school. Yes, actually. Middle school girls. Oh, God. Are they technically in middle school because Hiroshi is in high school? Calm yourself, okay, Boingo, Boingo. God damn it. Anyway, uh, um, uh, uh, Miwa uh, and Tama. Miwa, I guess you can kind of see her as like the ditzy athletic kind of girl, but then Tama, um, Tama Adai, she... The yaoi fangirl. Basically... Megan. Yeah, she's um, she's an aspiring manga she's author. She's me. She's got good taste, uh, by that. the way. An inspiring manga author that we kind of find that part out by episode two, but things get a little bit weirder for her character. I think There's... from episode, I think in episode three actually. She has good taste in manga, by the way, and that's because these, the ones that she was carrying in her flashback, she's carrying Full Metal Alchemist and Soul Leader, and the reason she's carrying those manga is because Barakamon was published by Square Enix, and so were both Soul Leader and Full Metal Alchemist. Fun fact. Oh, I was wondering if there was a reason for those two being. Today I learned. Yes, they anyway. were the same magazine, or same publisher. Predictions from predictions for Miwa and Tama. Uh, I got these wrong. <laughs> I also got these I got, wrong. 
Anyway, two random teenage girls from Texas. Okay. Well, you're not wrong. Well, you're not wrong. <laughs> to be fair. Um, However. So, so who wants to go first with their predictions? Uh, for Miwa and Tama. For Miwa, I had two. I had Alexis Tipton and Megan Shipman. Okay. Uh, oh, excuse me. Uh, for <laughs> Tama, I had Leah Clark and Tia Ballard. Interesting choices. Now, no, I'll, I'll segue you? into that, because for Tama, I, I had one for both of them. Tama, I also put Leah Clark, and there's a specific reason for that. It may have been the same one that you did. Uh, we're all familiar with a classic piece of animation called Princess Jellyfish, and there happens, yeah, to, be, yes. there happens to be one character in that show who is also a aspiring... Well, she's an artist who is into older men. Oh, I wasn't so even... She's oh, like the, yeah, she's like totally right. Yeah, and so <laughs> she's the... That is the I can't I I can't remember her name. It's like oh is G, she the the otaku G that's into yeah. old men? Yes, yes. I, I was gonna say okay. There's this one otaku in Princess Jellyfish. Which one? Uh, well, she's an uh, an introvert one. Which, Which one? one? Well, well, uh, she lives. She's she, the one that there's there's the one that's into old men. The one that's into trains. The one Tsukimi who's into jellyfish. Mayaya who's into uh, War of the Three Kingdoms, and then the one who's into the dolls. Yes. So and, and so Leah Clark. Plays the one who's and then there's into the Yaoi writer, men. and she and so I thought Leah Clark could play this one because the the two character inflections and their attitudes in the show are pretty similar to each other. Okay, and I who was, did you who did you have for Miwa? Um, I don't quite remember why I put you here, but it's probably because I didn't have her anywhere else on the cast list. I threw in a Monica Rial for Miwa. Okay. 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 Fair. So, so what I had, I had three for Miwa and two for Tama. Uh, Tama, I had Felicia Angel and Maxi Whitehead. Maxi probably because I went after I a couple months after I initially made my list of predictions, I rewatched Princess Jellyfish, ironically enough. Yay. And I was like Didn't that show need yeah. a proper ending? That show needed a proper ending. Can we there's talk about how can we talk about how the ending theme for Princess Jellyfish is the fucking best ever? Yes. It, it really is. The animation love, for that is love the best is coming ever. back. Love, love <laughs> I coming love, back. I love that band. Anyway, um, that's who I picked for Tama. And then Miwa, I had three. I had Brita Palencia, uh, Caitlin Glass, and then my third choice was Alex Moore. I think Alex Moore I kind of put in there um, after... Please cast Alex Moore in more I things, because I love I her. I think it might have been after Seraph is why I put her there. Um, as Wasn't Mitsuba. Alex Moore... Wasn't Alex Moore also in uh, Pandora of the Crimson Shell as well? Yes, she was, she was the um, the newspaper reporter that's who kept it. getting run over. I just, I just remember her name sounded familiar as someone yep. who I really liked, and that that's where it was. But uh, anyway, we're all kind of kind of wrong, except Wait, for Megan. Except for Megan, she's close. <laughs> she's close. Um, so Tama, we're gonna start with Tama. Tama is being voiced by Afio Yu, which is a natural choice right there, honestly. Um, Miwa. This is a name that has never been brought up before. Uh, so, may we introduce you to Miss Lindsay Hale, who is the voice of Miwa. And so, has the most amazing hair on her ANN page, I'd just like to say. My god, I need to look that up. Yes. I need to look this up now. Look it up and awesome. tell me that's not the most amazing hair it's you've ever awesome. seen. Does she have an undercat? Okay. <laughs> My god. Anyway, I don't know what that means. In terms of other roles you've heard these two actresses in, for Afia you. It's funny, because you mostly hear Afia as little boy characters, though she's been breaking out of that a lot more. She's Nakamura from Assassination Classroom. She, A.K.A. Megan's spirit animal. <laughs> the female version of Tyndall's karma. Um, 
She's also in Divine Gate, that piece of shit. That is some amazing hair, holy fuck. Yes, <laughs> isn't it? She's also- Lafia is also in Guilty Crown, Mikagata's school suite. She is Rita in Rage of Bahamut. She's in Robotics No- She's in- She- <laughs> Megan's gonna have to tell the story. She's Yuzuki from Selector Infected Wixus. <laughs> the story that will never wait. be old. Holy shit, that hair is bitchin'. It's almost as bitchin' okay. as mine when I so. do mine. Lilac, seriously, doesn't my hair like go to the exact same color when I dye so, it? Kinda, yeah. So here's how we start this. Afia, you, and Micah Solusan. No, no, this is my Fine. fucking story. Oh, Back the hell off. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, and live under a rock and have never watched this show, uh, or have realized, Afia, you, is, is married, engaged, symbiotic relationship with Micah Solusan. So, in Selector Infected Wixis, Whoever the fuck casting directed that? I need to look up the director of Selected Infected I think it's Bevins. Fixer. I think it's Christopher Bevins. I need to look that. I'm sorry. I have to. I think it's Bevins. Uh, Hold on. I'm pretty sure it's Bevins. Um, I can, if, I can tell I you can... in two seconds. It's Bevins. Okay. It is Christopher okay. Bevins. So Christopher Bevins is, deserves, point. like, the troll Oscar for this. Um, Christopher Bevins thought it was a fun idea... To cast a pair of twin siblings who have a slightly incestuous feeling towards each other as Afia and Micah. Which is hysterical, <laughs> by the way. Yep. Right. So, um, if you don't know, every so often on Twitter we have, like, National Ice Cream Day or National Cat Day. Or so one of the national days national is National Siblings, siblings Day. day. No. And it, all Afia posts was... Hashtag National Siblings Day. I love you, bro. At like a suicide, and it's a picture of the girl, the twins from Wixus in a dress and a tux. Oh, it's no. as if they were getting married. Um, and lo and behold, like five things down is Caitlin Glass yelling, "Ew!" <laughs> anyway, and the moral of the story is story incest is, is incest. Yes. If you want to put your sister to the test, insist. Anyway, y'all, no, this is fuck Jesus. Guys, guys. This is why Japan back. and America are Bring separated by an ocean. Bring it back. A couple other Bring rules back. for Afia Yu, just so you know. She is in Shoei Rock, and she's also the lead Chihiro for Shonen Bay. Um, probably, that's probably one of her biggest roles to date alongside with um, Nakamura from Assassination Class Rank. Um, Let alone directing Ass Class through its. Feels fiesta. Yeah. Anyway, Lindsay Hale. She is actually really new. Um, I could easily go through all of her credits. Attack on Titan, uh, Barakamon, The Boy and the Beast, Dimension W, Enride, Fairy Tale, Heroic Legend of Arslan, No Reed as M Minori Nakazawa, uh, Noragami, One Piece, Rage of Bahamut Genesis, The Rolling Girls, Selector Infected and Selector Spread, Seraph of the End, Vampire Reign, Sky Wizards Academy is Amy Mustang, Mustang. Uh, Terra Residence, Tokyo ESP, Ultimate Otaku Teacher, World Break, Aria of Curse for Holy Swordsman. That is all of her credits right now. Cool. So she is, she's still fresh. Which one is, okay, which one is okay, which again? Okay, the glasses girl Lindsay. is Afia, the sporty yeah. girl is Okay, Lindsay. good. And let me So Afia basically just keeps playing me, the anime characters. She, she, yeah, it's, it's not a, it's not a monotone voice that she pulls in. It's a very... 
believable high school girl infatuated with the world of the boys love that we all love so much. So yeah. she did good on that. Bigger props can be given though to Lindsay because this is, I'm surprised she hasn't been in any bigger roles because she pours in a lot of youthful energy into this one performance. Yeah, there's a lot. Miwa has, as a character in and of herself has a lot of energy. I will admit the first time I watched, because I watched the first two episodes like twice. Because I watched it, watched them a second time just to refresh my memory. And the first time I watched it, I, I was of the opinion that Lindsay Hale had the weakest performance. Probably because she was so new and because the voice was like really, really obnoxious to a point where I was like ears bleeding. I don't know. The second time I went through it though, I felt a lot better about it. Like it's it, obnoxious. It's the lovable obnoxious. It's that. Right. It's that girl. It's a girl who sits behind you in class and pokes you with an eraser, but she still smiles at you. And oh hi Megan. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Hi loser. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, yeah, I'd have to say it took me a minute for to get adjusted to Lindsay Hale because uh, she's a voice I've never heard before. So I'd I'd make no because I think that she's got a good uh, career. It's like I, the voice actress she reminds me the most of is Lucy Christian in her more energetic roles. Yeah, that's pretty accurate comparison right there. Um, but Wait, yeah, and I and I will have to say that I do. <laughs> I did love Athia as um, Tama, and I'm very excited to see all of the very wonderful Fujoshi moments she has. Cast Athia in yes. more things, you a-holes. Yes, please. Give Athia more stuff. Let, okay, cast Athia in stuff as much as you cast Mom and Dawn. Yes. And Bryn. Yeah. Because, honestly, like... <laughs> Afia's really, really fucking good at things. Like, she's a fantastic director. She's very passionate about what she does. Also, B, she's a really good fucking actress. Cast her in shit. This is my rant. Cast Afia U 22K16. Make anime great again. God damn it. This moment brought to you by the Afia Fangirls Club. Anyway. Afia, Afia U for life, motherfucker. Anyway. How do the boys feel about um, these two performances? I like it. Okay. It's a necess it's a necessary role because the their part in the show is they have to be the locals who bug the heck out of Honda who's trying to work and of course they're they're rural characters. And the the good thing is, is that as far as these first two performances go, the English actresses never tip the line into hateable territory, which mm. would be really easy to do. To, to, to dip into that territory, but they never go there. They remain likably obnoxious. Yeah, they do really well. They play that fine line rather well. Okay, I just. I think it worked. Which I mean, wouldn't you be a little upset too if you got a hotel room and all of a sudden these people start barging in and putting uh, posters up on your wall and like, hey, we were here first. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um. So yeah, I think we're good with these two. Are we ready to move on to our final two characters? Oh boy, am yes. I ready! Oh, oh man, yeah. we've kept Andrew's body. I right. am <laughs> very ready to talk about these characters. Do, I have a we... funny, I have a funny one about one of them, and Lilac knows the story. Oh yeah, uh, um, I think we've all got one. But first, let's talk about little little. Yay! Um, she's essentially the main female character of the show and the main child who bugs the ever-loving hell out of Honda. Um, but she's also probably the one that he kind of gains the most insight and inspiration from without knowing it. 
She, um, she is what Rin from Usagi Drop would have been if she had been raised in a very toxic environment. I'm gonna say this and get this out of the way now. I only had one prediction from Naru, and it was Laura Woodhall, and I got it wrong. My prediction think, is the same as last time. And you I thought quote, they were gonna put random Texan <laughs> child actor. Because yes, Random you're right. Texan child number 10. In the, you're right. In the original Japanese, and this is very apparent if you listen to the Japanese. Very apparent. They cast actual children with the voice and the speech patterns and everything. Even if you don't speak Japanese, you can tell that is a little child. That, that is a elementary schooler, maybe middle schooler in the acting role. Seriously. Yep. Like, uh, like uh, what, what were the names of the other two kids again? Hina uh, and Kenta? Hina and, Hina and Kenta. Kenta. Yeah. So, like, cast them as kids. Like, those kids. Like, they have some lines, but they're not crucial lines. Naru yeah. is crucial to get yeah. right. She is a lot of comedic timing. She's a lot of charm. She's a lot of heart. So getting her right is pretty important. And I understand risking putting a child in that position, even in the sub, is legitimately impressive. And I give major props to her actress. And her actress is... I'm going to look this up for a second because I have Barakamon open. Um, Suko, um, Suzuku Hara. Suzuku Hara. Yeah, yeah. I probably put the emphasis on the wrong side. Okay. But yes. Uh, yeah, they, she yeah. is like... You fail. Get out of here, uh, white she, man. I, I speak Chinese good. So she is 11 now. Okay. Wow. She is 11 no, that was now, really racist. So when Barakamon came out, she would have been nine. Yeah. That's perfect. Yes. So you thought they would try to get another equally talented Texan actress to play that role. Actress or child actress. It's like, I would... I would I feel like depending on who they casted for the actress, I would have been okay, but I kind of want to see them go the extra mile like I did with the other characters. Yeah. Right, I, will, I will see that, and I raise you one. Clearly, there was only one English-speaking person who could pull off this role, and that is... Mike McFarland? Dakota <laughs> Fanning. What? <laughs> Dakota Fanning. What? Dakota Fanning. Are, you, are you being for real right now? No, because Dakota Fanny hasn't been able to voice that since like ten years ago. I'm about to say, but, uh, try again. <laughs> I was try. I was, was going to say Mike McFarland. You know, I was honestly in uh, in Andrew's camp here. Try I was racking my brain thinking, who is like the most popular child actress right now? Like, we don't have a Devea Chase anymore. We don't have a, a Miley Cyrus or a Noah Cyrus. We don't have anyone that I know of who could pull that off. So yeah, I I, I couldn't think of anyone who was in that age range to pull it off. Even though she's already a goddess, I thought let, I think Lorena Palencia could pull this off because they're not going to get a child actress. They're going to get someone who has good acting abilities, who can sound like a little kid. Bring on the Palencia train. Okay. So we're all fucking wrong anyway. Okay, I want to say as all. Can I say who well, did it? Go ahead. Um, so I will say this: I don't think we've actually really brought this individual. Uh, or mentioned this individual before. But uh, she's but been Andrew, around. Who is voicing little Naru? Uh, Naru is played by Allison Victorian. Mm-hmm. Dandy, you really need to clean up the Aloha Oi. <laughs> yeah, if you don't, if you're not familiar <laughs> with Allison Victorian, um, she's most QT. notably, mo yeah, most uh, notably no. in, in recent years, she's QT from Space Dandy. She's not also, her most notable She role, also played Koden Edegawa in some of the case closed films. She's also in the uh, Index and Railgun franchise. 
She's the um the one role I will always know Allison Victorin in. Okay. Is Fuka and Fumika from Negima. Yep. She's in Haganai and Haganai Next. She is in High School DXD. She is in Carnival, Say. She is in the live action movie of Mushishi. She is in Nobunagan. Uh, Sasami Magical Girls Club. She's in Soul Eater Knot. Uh, she's also in Three Leaves, Three Colors, and she's the young version of Ame for the film Wolf Children. So. Now that threw me do off. Do you want to also know what Laura Woodhall's in? What? And, and Noah's going to know this one because he just finished watching this dub. Not Laura Woodhall, Allison Victoria. I was going to say, what, what do you want about Laura? About my bad, my bad. Um, here's one role that Allison Victorin will always be known for, especially to Noah, who's just finished this anime. Um, and I do want to see something with Mushishi. Uh, she, okay, she is in, uh, she's also in the, uh, anime Mushishi. Wait, wait. Allison Victorin is, if I'm correct... She's in an episode of Blood Blockade Battlefront. Yes, okay. and not not just any role. She, any episode. She's in episode. She's in the episode in, of Blood Blockade. Yes, she is the most heartbreaking part. And considering Blood, Blockade, Blood Blockade Battlefront, Blockade that's Battlefront. Aside from the last two is episodes. Is she the burger Heck, alien? She's the burger God alien. Damn it, she's the burger is. monster. She'll give you a heart attack. She's, uh, she's Ned. Yes. She's Ned. So, I forgot she, about that. So to quote a line from our Your Lie in April episode, Allison is a cinnamon roll that is too good for this earth. Okay. And here she's also probably in my one of my favorite one of my more favorite episodes of Mushishi. She is in the episode of the horns with the little boy with the oh, horns. Oh yeah. Was, okay. Yeah, I know she was in. I, I saw her listening in Mushishi, but I didn't recognize which episode that was in. Yep, she's in the episode with the horns. Though my to be fair, my favorite episode of Mushishi is the Light of the Islands. Anyway, um, uh, so how this is really. How exactly do we feel about Allison Victorin as Naru, though? Well, it's a good thing you mentioned the whole thing about being a precious cinnamon roll, because Naru is a precious cinnamon roll that is too good for this world, and she is a... She's also a cinnamon roll. (laughs) The emphasis being S-I-N. Oh, yeah, she's a little shit, but she's an adorable (laughs) little shit. It's perfect, because Naru is such an obnoxious little rascal. You know, and this is why the casting, why you listed the cast listing, what Allison's done before threw me off, is that she's, she was uh, Ame, young Ame in Wolf Children. So yep. basically, she got to play Ame before his balls dropped. Yes. And that, the and complete the, and the version okay, of She got the... to play Ame before Ame became a Yeah. Yeah. She was Ame before, she, before it turned into Micah. <laughs> okay. Yes, which is... A very the complete opposite role as far as enthusiasm. So what you're and saying is that when Naru grows up, Naru will sound like Micah Solzheimer. <laughs> Naru's a girl. I didn't think Naru was like a guy when I first saw the design. It was like a tomboy. Could That's have been. just like how in Assassination yeah. Classroom, Justin Briner's gonna like, grow up to be Ian. Oh God. <laughs> anyway. Fair enough. Anyways, so, anyway, so how? I. Like I said, I would have preferred a like them going the extra mile to do a child like a child actor, but I understand that's hard. Comedy is difficult, yada yada. However, Allison Victorian is a very nice substitute. I love her. I think she makes she, she does... makes the role she she makes the character tomboyish enough because Naru is considered a tomboy, but also so much of a little rascal. It's adorable. I. <laughs> I do think she does do a pretty damn good job with Naru, actually. Yeah. Okay, and as somebody who's only seen the first two episodes of this anime, mm-hmm. my favorite Naru moment 
is it when they're in the hospital and Tama and Miwa look under the bed. Oh, and she's got the button. And then there's Naru, like pale as a ghost, holding the little buzzer, going, I'm not here. Sensei's gonna die. <laughs> that was my favorite part as well. Naru's that was the part adorable. of the. the like that is that is what sold me on her oh God. character. I just, just remembered like, a scene. There's a scene in this show. I really want to hear how she dubs it because oh my God, it's the scene with the milk. Uh, the, uh, oh, in uh, episode shoot. the milk carton. Oh, I know what you're talking okay, about. Okay, you know it's what I'm talking so about. Long. Let's not talk about it. Okay. It's been I... so long. But yeah, I, I love her Naru, and I think this kind of going to freaking default director world. This kind of is one of those product products of um, good directing on McFarlane and Felicia's part. It makes her sound honestly. like they make her sound like a pretty believable child, like to the yeah, point totally. where where a trailer came out and a friend of ours was like, "Wait, did they actually get a child?" Yeah. Nice. And here's the thing. And then you realized it was Alice yeah. and Victorin. Anyways. And the thing I got It no doesn't pitch. Yeah, if you listen, if you listen to the Japanese, they don't sound exactly the same as far as pitch goes. And this is a problem I know I need to get over, and that they're not going to always cast someone who sounds exactly like the original. So it took me a, a little bit to get used to the change in pitch because, like we said, Naru's Japanese voice is a little bit lower. It's a bit slurred. It sounds very much like a real kid. And Allison's voice is a little higher pitch, a little more energetic, and a lot less believably little kiddish sure, but sure. after a, not too long i totally got into it and i was totally fine with the change in the way she sounded because it acting wise was perfect yeah it's just i love it i love it yeah, which is good too because let's we cast hate... allison victorian in more things <laughs> i'd let's like put that. her in more things again okay so naru is the cute poster child we all agree. Yes. Now, no flaws. Let's talk about Sensei. Oh, Honda. Is the, is if this you what... make me mad about Sensei's acting, I'm going to have to fight. Not the Japanese. Seishu not the Japanese. Honda. Because, of course, the only person who could pull this off of the Japanese is, of course, everyone say it with me. Daisuke Ono. Oh, no. I yes. will admit that oh, influence. Wait, was that Daisuke Ono? Wait, what the fuck? Daisuke Ono? Daisuke Ono is the voice of Honda in the Japanese. Hell yeah. Wait, what the fuck? Why did you I tell me that? How did you not know? I would have watched this show a lot earlier if I knew Daisuke Ono. God, hey, you didn't tell me. Megan, Megan, okay. Megan, Megan, Megan. Daisuke Ono is the lead character in this show. God damn. Go fuck yourself. Okay. I will admit, because okay. Daisuke Ono is the lead, that kind of influenced my prediction. I'm going to talk about Daisuke Ono. Okay, okay, okay. Daisuke Ono okay. after I go into my predictions. Okay. Okay. Yes, so. Lilac, I'm going to take a shot at who you guessed this was going to be. Okay. Because Daisuke Ono. It was J. Michael Tatum, J. wasn't Michael it? J. Michael Tatum is my third choice. I had Booyah, I had motherfucker! Three. I had three. Tatum was my third choice, only really because... Um, he, he voiced a character that Daisuke Eno has voiced that means Bastion from Black Buffalo. Um, I had two other predictions though. I don't know if, I, if Megan, if you want to guess. You know, out of, out of like, okay, when you go on Wikipedia and it pulls up, uh, Daisuke Eno is a Japanese voice actor best known for the roles of Sebastian from Black Butler, who J. Michael Tatum played, Erwin Smith from Attack on Titan, who J. Michael Tatum played, uh, Jotaro Kujo, who uh, Matt Mercer played, and the last one hasn't ever been dubbed into English, and we all know what show it is. 
Because my little rant about Daisuke Ono will go on Good after this. <laughs> Shut your mouth, Andrew. Am I right? Shut okay. up, Andrew. And the thing is, I also, I was thinking J. Michael Tatum. I didn't make that as my official guess it, because that seemed too obvious. I had J. Yeah, J. Michael I, Tatum. That was my default third choice. My other two choices, though, are rather interesting. Um, Ian Sinclair was my second choice. Okay. Um, because personality-wise, and Honda can be full of spastic energy, um, Ian could pull that off. You my, know what? I'm going to jump in. Okay. My only choice was also Ian Sinclair. There we go. And there's a sole you reason for I that. Mean. I cannot remember. I'm sorry. I can't remember the name of the character. Uh, in Blood Blockade Battlefront, who's the, the ladies' man who controls? Yes, that. That's the voice who I thought, that go with Sensei and we've got a winner. Yeah. I wasn't even thinking of like Space Dandy or any of their roles. It was just that character from Blood Blockade Battlefront. My first. Ex. <laughs> He's also Dick. Dice Kyoto is Dick Commander in the Japanese. Okay, so I had a, one other choice aside from J. Michael Tatum. That other choice, Jason Lebrecht. Ooh. All right. It's funny you mentioned that, because uh, in the Japanese version of Princess Stride, Dice Kyoto plays Jason Lebrecht. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, and in uh, Noragami, that's Ian Sinclair. Okay. So. so I also Megan I also had oh, a third choice that I placed as my first choice. You're probably gonna look at me weird when I say it though. Uh, is it Uncle Marcus? Oh. That was my guess when I saw the trailer. By <laughs> yeah, the way. she thought it was Marcus. I Stemmick. literally freaked out and thought it was Uncle Marcus. She thought it was Marcus Stemmick. No, I actually for my first choice for Honda, I had Alex Organ. You weren't far off. You know off. what, it works. I was not far off, but at the same time, because at that time, I was like, I haven't seen Alex Oregon in a more comedic kind of role, in a more comedic slice of life kind of series. I have not seen him do that at this point, at that point in time. I think he would be a good Honda. I'm going to put him as Honda. But Steph, I must say... You were one psychopath character away. Oh! <laughs> shift your, shift your psychopath. God okay. damn it! So, so, I so would Robert like to McCollum. Him. Oh, all too late. So okay. Robert McCollum. So that's Revenge of Fucking psychopath. Robert Hello, Killinger Figinty. So Robert McCollum right, so Robert exists, McCollum. and he voices Honda. Um. And if you, are, if you are unfamiliar with Robert McCollum, you probably heard him in Hello, calligraphy Ginty. Attack on Titan and Attack on Titan Junior High. He is in Baki the Grappler. He's in Birdie the Mighty Decode. He Isn't he Baki the Grappler? He's Baki. He, he is in Blood Sea. He is in in he's in the Index franchise. He is in, let's see, he's he's Ginty from Death Parade, of course. I did you not hear me say hello, calligraphy Ginty? <laughs> Hello, Collig. Oh my Jesus Christ! <laughs> he is also good lord. He is also Jalal from Fairy Tale. Uh, he is Seijiro Mikoshiba from Free Eternal Summer. Uh, and hello, swimming Ginty. He is in the Future Diary. He is Doctor Theo from Gangsta. Hello, Doctor Ginty. <laughs> he is um, he's in Heroic Age. Initial D. He's in Yomengad. He is in Kamisama Kiss. 
He is in, what else have you been in? The bar? No. Oh, he is One Piece. He is in Peach Girl. He is he in... Hit, he is not in One Piece. He is just One Piece. <laughs> yes. Prince of Stride Alternative. He is Kogami from Psychopaths. He... That's probably his most well-known role is Kogami from Psychopaths, honestly. Uh, he's in... Ro He's in Robotics Note, he is in Romeo X Juliet, Sands of Destruction, Save Me Lollipop, Sengoku Basada. The other well-known role of his, Dante Masamune from Sengoku Basada. That's probably the other well-known role of him. Lilac Note, I just realized. What? Snow. What? Honda Kun. No! Oh, Snow White with the red hair. Suzuka, Terror in Resonance, Toriko. Um, By the way, he is fucking fabulous in Terror Nerds. Absolutely. Uh, Witchblade will break uh, Yona of the Dawn Yu Yu Hakusho. Nice. So how do we feel about Mr. Robert McCollum I as be, be warned, if you criticize him, you're probably okay, going to get punched. Okay, Megan, I'd like to go first here. I'm going to talk about, as I mentioned earlier, Daisuke Ono. Daisuke Ono is typically typecast as the gruff badass motherfucker stern very cold yari okay first of all one you have never yes watched i haven't watched kuriko's megan oh. okay fine we get it and there and you are a better man for not okay so. okay no you're not anyway so let me say that i feel like when i watched this in the sub they made daisuke ono give a much different and much more interesting kind of role than I typically hear from his typecasting roles. And I... Would you say would you say it's more of a lovable deadpan? Kind of. It's actually pretty expressive and comedic, too, which is kind of surprising and interesting. And I, that that's one of the things that surprised me about his role. Finding out it was Daisuke Ono and realizing he was Jotaro's Yare Yare Daze is like, holy shit, night and day. Yare Yare Daze. So, when I saw Robert McCollum... Because I know that he's Shinya Kogami. And hearing right. that Shinya Kogami was going to be Honda, I was happy about that. Extremely happy. Because that's very similar to how they did it in the sub. They had a guy that's almost always exclusively typecast as the deadpan badass. And they gave him a comedic role. And I think he's fantastic. Oh, I agree with that 100%. I think that Robert McCollum is really strong and really adds a lot to Honda as a character. I think Robert McCollum's really going out of his way as an actor to going to some new strengths. Absolutely. And I think it's a pretty spot-on casting. Um, yeah, I would have to agree that I, I was absolutely surprised when I heard the trailer before the announcement actually came, the press release came out and that it was Robert McCollum voicing Honda, and I was like, well, shit. <laughs> I got so excited because, similar to Alex Organ, actually, you don't exactly see Robert take on warm, comedic, slice-of-life series all that much. Um, to, yeah, the, the be, to be... To be fair, Attack on Titan Junior High is a thing. That's a parody of Attack on Titan anyway. That doesn't count. 
Yes! Now. No, I mean, if you want a good example of how he normally does Slice of Life, he's Toji in Peach Girl, and that show has absolutely wackiness, but it's not exactly a funny kind of, oh, uh, shit. Slice of Life show. Oh, shit, I forgot he was one of the two lead guys from that show. It's been yeah. years. And I only oh, know damn. that because Girl, I also by hate complete that show, coincidence, so. I just happened to grab that show and started watching it before this dub cast was announced. Just that's funny. But yeah, yeah, I was completely surprised when I heard it was heard Robert's voice. I'm like, how? And I I can agree with um, Andrew on this one because because it's been a, it had been a while since I've seen the Japanese and yeah, the way Daisuke Ono was directed to be the play Honda, it's different than what you normally hear Daisuke Ono do, and. The, the same is, is in Robert's case here. The way Mike McFarland and Felicia Angel directed him, completely different than what you typically see Robert McCollum do in terms of voice work and characters. And I just absolutely fell in love with it. Like, completely. Okay, now to be the guy who hasn't actually ever watched this in Japanese. Um, see, from my perspective, everyone kind of knows Daisuke Uno of, like, Sebastian, Irwin... Um, obviously in Andrew's case, uh, Jotaro. Um, so for me, I, I know Daisuke Ono. Um, He's a friend of mine, right? Not like that. Um, also Lilac just got the picture I sent yep. her. Um, I don't even want to fucking know, by the way. It's just beautiful. Um, so for me, at the same time, other roles that Daisuke Ono has played that you don't really think about... He's also, um, he's also Daikoku from, uh, he's also Daikoku from, Noragami. Um, Noragami, thank you. He is, um, who is another kind of comedic straight man role. Uh, okay, I'm not gonna say Hiroto from, uh, Carnival, because Hiroto is a, um, Daisuke Ono is also, um, uh, Kokori-san, even though that show's not be gonna be dubbed, but he is Kokori-san. Um, the point is, the point is, is that not he's not as he's not as as typecasty as you right. think. Um, he's also Shizuo, who's kind of all over the fucking place. Um, he's uh, he's if you've ever seen the Japanese version of Blue Exorcist, he's um, Arthur, the really flamboyant guy. Um, he's also, but the thing is, like for me, he's also Sinbad and Magi, which I know not a lot of people here like. Um, but for me, he's also, uh, the one thing I kind of know him from is, um, he's, he's Mitarima from Kuroko's Basketball, who walks this weird line of trying to be super serious, but is an absolute dork. Like, he is the, the absolute dork of the show. He's one of the dorks of the show. Um, so I'm used to Daisuke Ono being that guy. So I didn't know he was Honda, and again, if I knew he was Honda, I probably would have watched the show in Japanese. But here's the thing, though. I don't feel like I'm missing out listening to Daisuke Ono play Honda, because Robert McCollum is so fucking good. Yes. And that's a weird thing to say, because I, I actively held out waiting for a dub for Barakamon to watch the show. So I don't... As weird as it sounds, I, I don't feel like I'm missing anything, and that's a big compliment as somebody who really fucking enjoys Daisuke Ono. Um, also, B, I do need to show you him being pulled around by the guy who plays Makoto and Free on a uh, bike and uh, carriage thing. Oh my lord. 
It is quite, quite beautiful. Anyway, Noah. Our, um, our dissenter. Do I have to be that guy again? Yeah, okay. that guy. So that guy. Time for Noah to get punched how, in the how face. Do you, how do you feel about Robert McCollum's Honda? I, I really liked the show when it first came out. So again, I may be a little biased in my criticism towards the English because I had very high expectations. But I, I don't really like Robert's performance. I, I really don't. It's. I, I think the problem I have is that it's not funny. I did not ever laugh at any of his line deliveries, and he's supposed to, I know his, he's not supposed to be a clown character. It, this character is not supposed to be the laughing on the, rolling on the floor laughing kind of character, but he's supposed to be a lovable, put-upon kind of character who's, we're laughing at him, but we still want him to succeed. He is supposed to be the way that we see into his world, the way that Robert pulls it off, it's it's very dry, and it may just be a little bit too old sounding, and it's it, it's very unfunny. Like I get the angst, but I don't get the comedy out of any of it. And I, I I feel really sorry about that. Like I even wrote on my notes here, like he handles grumpy well, but he doesn't handle the deadpan moments that made the original funny. I think part of it. Part of the entire performance that might be a big factor for you um, is going into the show further and seeing how Honda kind of loosens up a bit more. Which, yes, I, f I feel like I feel like that seeing Robert try and loosen up with the character as it goes along. I think that might be a determining factor in how you feel about his performance later on. I feel like that will be a factor for you, if anything. Cause I kind of, I, I kind of see that. I can see that it's a bit, it's a bit. Um, it's not. It's not like. If I were, if we were casting the show again, and I think we mentioned this before, I probably, I would have put someone like. Uh, this show needs a. Um, what am I thinking of here? Um, a Chris Patton. This needs someone who can be just naturally, naturally fun to listen to because he's just got that natural funniness to him like everything they say like almost like um i guess what i want to think of is almost um not zenigata uh not goemon who am i thinking of um gunslinger from lupin who am i thinking of um jigen jigen yes i think almost like jigen where he's serious you take everything he says seriously but it's just so entertaining to listen to and i think especially in the second episode where uh the two characters of uh miwa and tama are kind of like parading his stuff around and taking over his, his whole place. It's not funny to listen to because he's playing it so gruff and put upon. And I know I feel all so alone that's the only person who has this problem here, but it, it does take away from my overall enjoyment of the show on the whole. I've just learned over the past couple of years of doing dub talks and paying more attention to these kinds of things. If Mike McFarlane's a director, you can't exactly go wrong. You just can't go wrong. I trust McFarlane's decision yeah. here. I really do. And I can see the potential in McCollum's performance. And again, this is something so different that you what you normally see him. I think that's why I'm still glad that like even though it is like not quite up to what you think, the fact that they're letting Robert McCollum, who is like, typically a guy who is the deadpan, serious, grump guy, and kind of yeah. letting him float it, uh, like, spread his wings a little to do a much more, like, comedic and different, like, personal kind of character, and, like, 
I thought that was really great. Yeah. You actually get to hear him sing a little bit, too, in the first episode. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> I got a little bit of a kick out of that. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, hey, he can sing, too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh, hey, hey. Also, so, personally, yeah, I like over it. My, my party of one over here who is maybe just becoming a little overly critical. And, I, like, yeah, I'm being over. I may be really overly critical on this, but... I'll be the, the person speaking for those of us listening who are like, eh, I wasn't totally wild about this as everybody else. I, I'm happy being that one guy. Again, I, I, being again, overly I... critical of anime, who does that? Oh my god. Hey, it's, not, it's not like a... Grandalize! like I host show where I, you know, critic like, look at voice actors and give them a shout-out or anything oh like god. that. Again, I kind of feel like as the show goes on and Honda gets to loosen up a bit, um how Robert pulls that off and how he loosens himself off to get into those moments for Honda, I think that might be a factor for you um, as to whether your opinion will stay the same of his performance or it might change. Unrelated, we'll by see. the way. We'll see. I'm still upset we'll with Honda-kun that they recast him in the sub. Oh, as a yeah. younger actor? Yeah, that's something I noticed. I believe it's... Um, Some guy I don't recognize. They couldn't afford an Ono. Uh, there's, there's actually like it's, it's hilarious that there's actually three Onos that are really famous. Daisuke, Kensho, um, and and Yoko. And and Daisuke, Kensho, and Yuki. I was gonna say Yoko Ono. And at least two of them have been in JoJo. Oh my god. Anyway, no, and they and they oh, yeah, and they Daisuke play and they and play Yuki. family members. They're generations yep. three and four. Awesome shit. Anyway, so. What are overall thoughts on the dub of Barakamon as of right now? I'll save mine for last. Uh, Andrew's like, save okay, me later. Thanks, Andrew. Is this going to be like the My Hero Academia episode where it's a whole other podcast onto itself? Let's not yes. make this three hours, please. I'm not going to make it three anyway, hours. Anyway, in my case, uh, I guess I'll, I guess I'll kind of go, I guess I'll kind of go okay. first then. Um, as somebody who hadn't, um, hadn't watched the show in the Japanese... Um, I actually really liked the dub. It was really engaging. It was really cute. It was really funny. Um, if there's flaws, I can't point them out because I don't have a really big background knowledge of the Japanese. And this is actually the first show I've gone into where I don't, actually, if you've noticed. Um, so I think they did a really fantastic job. Um, then again, it's like shooting fish in a barrel from Mike McFarlane. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know what you want me to say other than this is really good and you should check it out. Um, and obviously, if you haven't seen the show in general, don't be a goober like me who fucking missed it out. So basically, you're going to watch every show that we tell you to watch right away from now on. No, because you are you can be wrong like Gigi and convince me to watch for <laughs> Anyway. Hey, that was a glorious accident. Oh my god. No, I had... What, Chris Ryan needs to adjust oh, his Lord. meter. Noah, how do you feel about um, the dub for Barakamon as of right now? Um, I, there's this one line in the sub where Naru tells Honda, saying sorry is so scary. That shows a bit of a vulnerability to her that Honda himself doesn't quite allow himself yet. And that journey into becoming a more vulnerable but stronger human being, let alone an artist, is supposed to be the crux of the show. Having great side characters to pull off the other like the little gaps in comedy and drama that we need, they're doing good so far. 
I just not totally sold on the lead character's vulnerability yet. It's not something that I, I don't believe being someone who needs to learn to grow yet. I see it more as someone who's already past the point of learning to grow and is just going to be living in a trailer park sipping Diet Mountain Dew for the rest of their life. Being a little over Stop describing half the people I live oh, around. Oh, damn it. Point, point is that it's, uh, it's good in the English and I think it's great in the Japanese. So I think I'm probably going to stick to the Japanese even though the rest of the cast is very good. Ooh, I know, sweet. I know. I know this is supposed to be dub talk, but Usurper! as we've established, <laughs> subs are better than dubs oh my in God. every establishable fashion. Usurper! Anyway, anyway. It, it, I, like I said, it's good in the English, and I, I do think it's great in the Japanese. Okay, there. I guess uh, I guess I'll go next because Andrew's like like not even two seconds. I want to go. Andrew last. insists on always getting the last oh, word. Um. Personally, because it's been a while since I've actually seen the... It's been a couple of years since I've seen the Japanese. Um, personally, I fell in love with the dub the moment I saw the trailer. I fell in love with it. It's... Probably part of it is because I've been wanting this thing to be released on Home Video for a long time now. Dude, and decades been... and decades we've been bugging Funimation to release yeah, this thing. Yeah, I know. I've been just been so impatient. Like, when is Have it coming out? Have you ever out? seen Titanic? It's been 75 <laughs> But It's I been 3,000 Of Mike years. McFarland. Is so... this whole thing taking place in the flashback? Ah! After 10,000 years, we're free! <laughs> it's time to dub Barack! Come on! Shut I'm up. going to make... I'm going to get that now. Can I'm gonna I find finish, that please? Can you just make me a picture of Can that? I finish, please. <laughs> oh, sorry, I mom. Love you, Lila. Good sorry. lord. Um, so as someone who really, really loved the show, my expectations—you can probably guess—for the dub were set rather high. And honestly, with these first two episodes, while there are a couple of small things here and there, my expectations are pretty much been met and possibly surpassed. Um, I mean. This is a no-brainer for Mike McFarland. He's an amazing ADR director in and of itself. Um, and some of the casting choices, while out of the box, because, again, it's Mike McFarland, you never know what the hell he's doing. Um, while some of those casting choices are out of the box, those same casting choices I fell in love with. Um, Especially, and I know Noah is just kind of a, is kind of against this. I really, really do like Robert McCollum as Honda. It's completely different than what I've heard him do, uh, and I've been enjoying it so far. As as rough as it kind of is, it's a little rough. I'm just excited to see how he grows into the character a lot more um, as the show goes on. But yeah, I definitely I'm in love with this dub. I'm in love with it. Thank you for finally putting this out. Thank you very much. <laughs> so when do I get my license of Kuroko's basketball God, foundation? I think at Andrew. this point you're probably going to get it from Crunchyroll. Okay. Close enough. They'll finally dub it after they're done dubbing all of Case Closed. I, <laughs> I think you mean Gintama. Okay. <laughs> anyway, Andrew. So. No, I mean Sergeant Frog. So. Shut up. So, Barakamon. I watched the show two years ago. This was probably one of my very first, like, 
simulcast I kept up with, like, when I finally started watching, like, anime again. And that was, like, the transitional period for me going summer to my first year in college. And I feel this show kind of helped me get through that a little. Because this is a show that I see as, like, the struggle of an artist. That's how I see and while calligraphy is an essential thing for it, calligraphy, knowing about the history and the format and the artistry of calligraphy is second nature to a bilingual audience. The true heart I see of this show is the struggle of an artist finding himself, breaking out of his mediocrity, getting out of this rut, finding who he is, discovering himself, Finding what there is to value in life in a life he thought was valueless and kind of dull. And to him going out to, like, the boonies, meeting these people, and just... just There are just the simple scenes of him staring at a sunset, looking at the horizon, finding that perfect moment of awe and inspiration to find the true, like, the moment of awe where he just gets it. He needs the artist. He needs the art. I need my brush, even though he's in a hospital. And it's like, no, stop yeah. hitting on me. Stop hitting on me. I'm married. I just need some art, damn it. No, just, I think it's a beautiful show. And it's one of the most charming, hilariously funny, weirdly relatable. And here's the thing. He's kind of neurotic. He's kind of a dick. But they never really make fun of him. Well, he kind of brings the wrong. Any hardships, he brought it on himself. So we're supposed to empathize. So, He's like, remember, kids, when you're angry, when an old, old man asks, okay. is it Sean Hannigan or, or Bruce Elliott? I would, I, yeah. Okay. When an old man who sounds like Ed Blylock criticizes you, don't get mad. And then throw a the shoe. Face. Then burn his house down with and the then, lemon. And that's how you. That's how you find. <laughs> and no, kick him. That's how you kick him while he's down. I don't think that's the moral. We shouldn't take away that punching an old man finds true enlightenment. No. What we should find is that life is hard. Art is scary. Finding yourself, doubting yourself, doubting your art and doubting like your ability to create and what others think of you and may see of you is horrifying nerve-wracking and can destroy you and i feel yeah. like barakamon is a show that shows that that is a that is a fear that is real but they never mock honda for that they tease him for being a little neurotic and kind of crazy but they never make fun of him for doing what he loves and being afraid of what he loves and I was really a big fan of this show. This helped me get, like, transition through college. I'm a, I'm a digital film major. That's something I worry about and will probably continue to worry about. And I feel this is a show that told me that that's okay. And that's yeah. something that really helped me out a lot. As for, like, the dub, this was my own personal Ava 3.33, where every time I saw the month solicitations, I'm like, where the fuck's Barakamon, motherfucker? Yeah, this, yes, that, this is my Ava 3.33. Now, 3. 3, now yeah. we're playing a game of where the fuck is yeah. Show by Rock. And when yeah, I saw this it, was my Ava 3. and when I saw that it was dubbed, I was ecstatic, and I was nervous. Like, my one disappointment of the dub is that they, like I said, they didn't go the extra mile and get the kid actors. I understand why, 
but I would have appreciated that the extra mile. However, at the very least, the one that they got for Naru is pretty spot-on perfect, like, replication. So, you know what? I'm okay with that. As for, like, Honda himself, I really did appreciate that they did the Daisuke Ono breaking out of his, like, typecast and yeah. with Robert McCollum, and I think... By the way, um... I, I do kind of want to go into this for Andrew once he's done with his little rant, because it's actually kind of funny that he's complaining about them recasting Daisuke Ono in uh, the Japanese. You might have to wait another day. You might have to wait is... another day, because this episode is still going on rather long. <laughs> I'll tell him okay. after the recording. Okay. Point is, I'm pleasantly surprised. I'm happy that this one's actually getting released. Good job, hey. Team MFR. And honestly... <laughs> However you watch this show, sub or dub, I don't care if you're an elitist or you want to get, like, your family into it. Baraka... Just watch this Baraka fucking anime. Bon is Dude, yes. beautiful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Inspiring, charming. The animation's really nice. The characters are great. It's flashy. It's, like, bouncy. It's really funny. There are some gifable moments that are on my hard drive that I do not regret ever having. <laughs> I, I don't know. I know Growing you and I use all, the it's also, we use The, the opening is also the sung by a band named Super oh, yeah. Okay. By the way, th those OPs and EDs, those are fucking beautiful too. I, I, I know like for shows that have been out for a while like we use the OST. This is one if you want to use the OP and ED for go ahead because it's that awesome. shit Just is beautiful. To loop that, yeah, loop that over and over, again. over and over, all the time, all day, every day. If it has um, no meaning, but anyway. there are some things I cannot do. Okay, fuck. Well, well if, if we want to get into the art discussion, I would like to have a three-hour seminar on the artistic merit no. of the animation no. by a fledgling studio. No, uh, <laughs> when I said you needed to make a picture of me after the 10,000 years I'm free, it's time to dub Barakamon, <laughs> I was expecting you to Photoshop my face under Rita Repulsa. Hold on, I'll, I'll get to that. Oh, God There's your rough job. Do it! Do it! Do it! Well, no one does more Photoshop magic. If you are interested in seeing the dub for Barakamon, you can do so. The first two episodes are currently up for free on Funimation.com uh, with their Funimation Now services. Uh, as of recording this episode, the rest of the series uh, for the dub has not been released. Uh, it, as of, but by the time it's out, it's, it's going to be. It's probably going to be coming out at least, uh, may, at least either the same day as the home video release or maybe a day or two after, who knows. Uh, but when, oh, excuse me, but when the rest of the dub goes online for Funimation's site, the rest of it past episode two more than likely be under, uh, the elite subscriber wall. If you would like to check out the rest of the dub for Barakamon and are not a Funimation Now subscriber, they do have a 14-day free trial where you can try out their services and check out a bunch of anime dubs and fun little extra features. Um... Again, fair warning, as always, if you do do the 14-day free trial, the site does ask for credit card information, so if you do not want to keep keep the service after the 14 days, cancel it, or they'll take money out of your account, which, which it's, it's how it works. It happened to me the first time I did it, but um, honestly, the subscription service is worth it. Um, another way to see the dub for Barakamon, of course, is going to be the home video release. Um, as of recording this episode, it actually comes out in a couple of weeks. Um, it'll be out on August 9th. 
um, for home video release. I'm hoping I can pick it up early at Metro. Yeah. Hey, hey, guys, guys, my birthday is the end of August. Just, just, just throwing that out there. <laughs> oh, I pre I pre-ordered mine like months ago. I pre-ordered my copies months ago. Um, and of course, you can find Barakamon on DVD and Blu-ray. Um, whether it's Funimation.com, whether it's RightStuff.com, whether it's Amazon or your regular local anime retailers or buyers, you can probably find it. But it is coming out August 9th on DVD and Blu-ray. If you want to watch the show itself for free, uh, the Japanese version of the show is on Funimation.com and it is entirely for free. So whether you want to see the dub or not, you just need to see the show itself, period. You you do need to see the show, yes. I just 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 see the show. It's a really good show. I don't care um, if it's sub or dub. Just try and do it legally. Yeah. For, for yeah. Fuck you, kiss anime. Fuck you, kiss anime. <laughs> yeah. But kiss anime is not illegal. Kiss yes, anime it is, can bitch. kiss my butt. Yes. Um. In terms of upcoming episode, I don't fucking know. Whatever anything. comes out. Thanks, Funimation. Whatever, com whatever gets now. done editing wise and just thrown out there. Hot off time. the presses, so, too hot time. for TV. Noah, next time we hear from Noah, he's gonna be depressed because he has to listen to people talk. Uh, to I can, I can, um, I, I will at least, um, I guess at the very least what I'll do um, is mention, because recently Funimation announced their summer broadcast dub lineup. Funimation was like, hey guys, we know our spring season was a little... Blackluster. BAM! Whips how Dick slams yeah, on table. We... Degray Man Hollow. Both Dung and Ropas. Love Life Sunshine. Honda Coon. All this other so... fucking shit you don't care about, but we're gonna dub it anyway. Suck Dude, my basically dubbing everything again. Um, but the shows that and we are and we are going to every single one of those. We're skipping a couple e of them. Not every, not every single one. No, we're skipping every. A few yeah, they're not dubbing. Them. They're not like, dubbing bland idol boys the say, animation. They're not dubbing everything, and we're not covering everything. Like for instance, they are dubbing Heroic Legend of Arzen's second season, but we've already talked about that. There's not much really more to go with. We don't need um, to do Planetary, and there's like two characters. Yeah, but the shows that we are working on. <laughs> Oh! That we are working on covering. Fuck you. Um, Andrew, I hate you, by the way, right now, because you mentioned something about what you just posted in the other tweet and the other thing, and I'm gonna oh fight God. you. So, ah! Okay, after, well, these so, two go kill so, each other. So, anyway, the shows that we're gonna be working on trying to cover uh, Cheer Boys, D Grand Man Hollow, both arcs of Daigon Rampa 3, the end of Hope's Peak Academy. Each are going to be separate episodes, by the way. Yeah, First, they are. Because <laughs> that's a lot in and of itself. First Love Monster, Honda-kun. So we will be tackling the uh, pseudo-prequel to Barakamon. Uh, Love Life Sunshine, Puzzles and Dragons, Surveyf, Tales of Sisteria the X, and The Disastrous Life of Saki K. Um, yeah, we're, we're tackling the majority of the broadcast dubs. Rip in um, peace. And some of them have some fun plans in store. Um, like, I know, for instance, because we've been trying to do this forever, at least Megan and I. Like, for a year yeah, at this point. Yeah, Daigon Rampa. Before we do the two uh, arcs of Daigon Rampa 3, we're gonna... Danganronpa, a.k.a. I have been a personal victim of Monica. Yeah, we, need, we need to talk about the first season of the um, anime series, so that's gonna be a thing. Mm. Um... But there are also a variety of other 
um, Dub Talk episodes that have been reported and are in the works and are still in the works. Because, you know, spring broadcast subs are a thing. I'm still working on it at My Hero Academia at this point in time. Is it Noah uh, doing that? Give you credit. Noah, ha Noah has Nozaki-kun in show. Noah's still on spring of last year. Oh, yeah, Noah's but, doing um, the disclaimer. That's what's happening. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's, I, I still need my. Oh audio yeah, I just have Megan. to do my part of it. But I will get it to you tomorrow. Anyways, my throat's anyways. going out, and I need to go to and bed soon. And I am currently, and I'm editing up the images for the Nozaki Kun episode, Sweet. and then right after that, I'll do the Shonen Maid episode. Nice. Sweet. So yeah, so there's there's a lot of stuff going on. We're trying to crank, especially these old <laughs> backlog episodes out. We're trying to get oh, these like, out. I just like to end this whole thing off with the one thing that Megan retweeted <clears throat> from the voice of Dawn Bennett herself. Watching anime and is suffering. Oh yeah. Suffering. Oh, oh yeah. Anime was a mistake. And, and and recording podcasts about watching anime is also suffering. Especially when we make Noah watch shows about brothers trying to fuck their stepsisters, a man Get being fucked out. by a snake and Get a lion, boys talking about adjusting their Get junk. Me out of here. And I got both. Anyway, I got both of you ladies to agree to a Monster Musume episode. That's gonna be fun. I've seen the show and I like yeah, it. Yeah, you I'm have to watch Love Live, anyway. Andrew. What? Remember that. Anyway. Nine one one emergency police anyway. fire. Anyway, if you want to, if you want to call the Humane Society. Noah. Call anyone. Noah. Yep. God damn it! I'm trying to finish the episode. Shut up. God has damned us already. <laughs> Noah. Okay. okay. If you want to see any more of the shenanigans that any of us four are involved with, you can follow each of us on Twitter. I am at Lalic Anime Review with reviews about R E V U E. Of course, you are already here on this channel and found Dub Talk. So if you want to check out more episodes or you want to be in the know for upcoming stuff, of course, you can subscribe here. Um, and we, and there is a, I do have a Patreon, which one of the milestones is, uh, trying to get audio versions of the podcast on SoundCloud. There's that. FYI. Uh, let's see. Megan, you might see her as well, uh, doing stuff with the Anime America podcast, so you can check that out. YouTube.com slash Anime America podcast, as well as a contributor, newly official staffed contributor for Infinite Rainy Day. Uh, Yay. Same with Andrew, actually. You can check him out on Infinite Rainy Day as well. Um, you're still Mong... Are you Classy Spartan now or Manga Man 9000 Okay, let me clarify. My Twitter full account is at Manga Man 9000 I call my... That was before I called myself Classy Spartan. Okay, thank you. Um, and you can all... Again, as mentioned in the beginning, you can also check him out on Three Victims Watch. Are you still watching Sword Art Online? Or we finished a while ago, but the last episode still needs to go up. Aha! Okay. Um, oh, so you finally get to... Where, wait, what happens in that episode? That's the end of the Rosario arc, right? No, not the Rosario arc. Uh, it's... We're talking about, um, the original oh, show. As in... Just the first season. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And Noah, oh, of course, bastards. you can find him on Twitter at Noah Clue, and he also has a, a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Journey Traveler, where he does a bunch of shenanigans and things. West Western cartoons, my friend. Western cartoons. Noah are where is the, high the art is at. Noah is the Western cartoon specialist of the group. <laughs> let, let, let me the take you back in time, and we will talk about the tale of the fox. The okay, time to end the podcast. Good night, everybody. Maybe, if you need to watch this other time, subscribe to our channel. Maybe some other time, Noah. It may okay. have no meaning, but <laughs> there are some things I cannot do. Oh, 
Until next time, guys. Otaku on, my friends. You may. God damn it, Andrew. Bye bye. Aloha.